Australian Purple Country Podcast. How you going, Luke? Good, mate. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. That's good. Nice, nice and wet. Yeah, <laughs> a bit cyclonic down here at the moment. That's it. Yeah. yeah all evacuation orders and everything again, so uh, deja vu. Yep, all over again. Yep. Hell, Nina. Oh. Screwing us still. That's it. Yep. Oh, well. All righty, guys. Well, today we have a very exciting episode because we have Ollie Newman and Reed Newell on the show to tell us about their herping trip uh, through Queensland and into the NT early this year in March. These guys entered the NT probably not long after I was there, I think the week after or something like that, but they had a hell of a trip racking up a, a hell of a lot of species as well. So, guys, welcome to the show. How are we? Good, thanks. Thanks for having us. Yeah, good, thanks. Good to see you guys. More than, more than welcome. And, um, yeah, we're stoked to finally have you guys on. I know we've been kind of talking about this on and off for a little bit. So, yeah. Yeah. And Ollie's been teasing me with bitches. So. <laughs> oh, they both have. I was, <laughs> yeah, I know. I was going through um, Reed's, what do you call it, the the highlights or whatever on his Instagram the other day yeah. of the trip going, oh, man, I just want to go back up there. Yeah, you're not alone. Well, that's all, when, <laughs> yeah. Well, when, when you guys were away, Luke, and then Ollie was away, I was getting pictures from you and I was getting pictures from Ollie as well. I'm like, and obviously because I couldn't go, I'm just thinking, ah. Oh. Yeah, that's <laughs> even worse. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh. Trying oh, to make you feel included. Yeah, I, I did feel a little bit included, you know, so it was good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, we we called you from the pub a couple of times, I think. Well, we were kind of having a bit of yeah. downtime in the middle of the day or whatever, just to dig the knife in a little deeper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it was good. It's still in there, but, you know, it was good. <laughs> oh, guys, so before we get into the thick of it, because we've got a lot of animals and a lot of ground that we want to cover tonight, why don't you guys just introduce yourself a little bit and give us a, a rough history of how you guys got fascinated with reptiles in particular. Um, maybe, Ollie, if you want to kick it off, and then, Reed, you can follow after that. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, hey, guys, my name's Ollie. Um, I was thinking about this question earlier today when you sent the, uh, the questions through, but, yeah, I guess pretty similar to how most people get into reptiles, um, I guess just running around the backyard when I was young and at school and the playground and stuff, always rescuing, you know, lizards or not even rescuing, just hassling them, I guess, and picking <laughs> them up and I know spiders and stuff. And I never sort of had that stage where I was interested in dinosaurs. That never really hit me. It doesn't really face me at all. I never really had a thing for dinosaurs. Yeah. So it wasn't sort of that natural progression that I think a lot of people have fascination with dinosaurs and then leads into reptiles. Um, and then, yeah, I guess just my family always, you know, went on bush walks and holidays and stuff like that, was always pretty involved in, the, I guess, the natural side of things. And I took an interest in reptiles and bugs and stuff pretty early on. Um, my dad used to have a diamond python when he was a kid growing up. I think it lived in his pool table and he fed it mince and raw eggs or something. So I, he was always sort of okay <laughs> with them. If we ever sort of found pythons when I walk or whatever, um, he'd be pretty game to pick him up and, yeah, give that a shot. So I think I sort of, I guess, got a bit from him. My mum's Canadian, so she was terrified of everything like that, so it's definitely not from her. Um, but, yeah, I guess just a natural interest in um, the outdoors. And then when I could finally, yeah, convince mum to let me keep a, a reptile, it was never going to be a snake first. So got my first beardy when I was like 12 or 13, um, and then it sort of just went from there. And um, as soon as I could, I started, you know, volunteering and working with um, a company called Feature Creatures that do sort of reptile shows and 
displays and things like that. So, um, yeah, did a couple of years of volunteer work experience and they got a job there. Um, and then after school, did um, a TAFE course doing um, captive animals and animal studies and things. And, yeah, now working at Kellyville Pets. Um, and, yeah, just really getting stuck into the whole hobby and herping and, yeah, getting to the photography side of it, which I'm loving. Um, trying to save for trips is always hard, but um, trying to do what I can. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, they're not cheap, that's for sure. Definitely not. Nah, you burn a good hole in your pocket. That's it. That you're addicted to books. Yeah, exactly. Well, I blame you for that. I've got a bit of an addictive personality, so yeah. yeah. Yeah, the books aren't cheap, but um, I'm sort yeah. of trying to even out the books with herb trips and yeah. Yeah. Make the most of it. Could, could be addicted to worse thing. No. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, so what about you, Reed? Um, So mine's a bit of a weird one. I'm... I'm Kiwi, so I was born in New Zealand, not many reptiles over there, and I lived there for the first seven years before mum got a job in a remote um, Aboriginal community over in WA, uh, Halls Creek, I don't know, you might have heard of it, it's pretty pretty close to yeah. Kununurra, and so my first, I always loved reptiles in New Zealand, but moving to Halls Creek area, I was seeing, you know, mulgers and greater black whip snakes crossing through the school almost daily. It was pretty crazy. Um, <laughs> and so those were my first memories of seeing snakes in the wild. And immediately from then I was, I was hooked. I was always out catching, you know, whatever lizards or snakes there were um, and bringing them home usually. I know that's not the right thing to do, but I used to come home and show show mum everything, and yeah, she'd hate that. She was petrified, <laughs> as everyone in my family is. So, not sure where I got it from, but yeah, I've, I lived over in Halls Creek and Kununurra for a little bit, Broome, Derby. So, I experienced uh, a heap of pretty interesting reptiles in that short time I lived there before moving to Queensland. Um, as soon as I could get my venomous snake license, venomous snakes are sort of my, my main interest. I, I'm not sure why, but they're just something about them just interests me a lot more than the normal reptile. And as soon as I could get my license, I went and did that process and uh, started keeping venomous snakes as well as uh, enjoying the herping for them. Oh, wicked. Yeah. Do, do you know what draws you to the venomous snakes? Is it kind of like a bit of a danger factor or just because they're more switched on or? Yeah. I, or you saw them more maybe? I, like out, out where you were living? Or? Yeah, I can't really. I don't know really. It's a weird one. I, I think I always liked dangerous animals as a kid. I was always attracted to things that had venom. So not even just venomous snakes, you know, like I was always into stonefish and blue ringed octopus. Uh, cone snails stuff like that so yeah, yeah it's, but reptiles were always my favorite group so anything that had venom and was a reptile was just out of this world for me what a way to kind of be thrown into the the frying pan so to speak as well straight up into that sort of area like yeah that's like yeah. pretty much mecca for a lot of people yeah. yeah i was i was incredibly lucky over over in wa as no uh, shortness of, of venomous animals over there and venomous snakes. So 
extremely lucky. So you guys are both keeping reptiles at home at the moment, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah. Just judging by what's behind you. <laughs> it's so behind I think you. everyone's got tanks behind them at the moment. But, yeah. um, uh, so what are you keeping at the moment, Ollie? I uh, don't have too much of a spectacular collection at this stage. Uh, I've just got a green tree python, nice Aussie female native, um, and I've got a pair of rough scales um, and then a um, bunch of frogs, just some mags and some green trees. So a bit of a smaller collection from what I've sort of had previously. Um, but, yeah, just space-wise, it's pretty much all I can uh, have set up in the, the place where I am at the moment. So, yeah, you know pretty happy with the, with the green tree especially that was always sort of one snake that i was obsessed with growing up um i'm sure a lot of i guess your listeners and you guys probably read the book verdi when you guys were younger um yeah. and that yeah just that green tree python just got me hooked so yeah that's uh probably my favorite out of the lot yeah, good, good animals but, yeah. uh, you know you're working within your means and you've got some cool critters there like yeah yeah you can't complain about that there's nothing yeah I think people need to be prouder of having less animals, personally. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Oh, definitely. What about yourself, Reid? What are you keeping now? Yeah, I, I probably keep a bit too much in my life <laughs> at the moment. Um, <laughs> but I, I've got a few pythons, such as a green, a pair of rough scales, a Stimson and a bread lie. That was my first snake, a bread lie. Um, and as for venomous snakes, I've... I'm pretty much a black snake lover and a black soil animal lover. So I've got Colette's red belly, Ingram's brown, um, Barkley death adders. Uh, and I, I, my favorite snake species are spotted mulgas. So there were pretty cool Sudeca species over in WA. I've always been attracted to them and I'm lucky to have three at the moment. So that keeps oh, me on my feet. No doubt. I think they'll keep most people on their toes for sure. Yeah. That's a that's a wicked yeah, collection definitely. collection of venomous stuff stuff mm. though. Yeah. I've got speckled browns like as well. Like uh inland tires, coastal tires. I've got quite a quite a collection, so Jeez. quite a lot of maintenance. Jeez, yeah. <laughs> yeah quite a lot. D- did you happen to professional poop? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did did you happen to get hit pretty hard by the legislation changes up there at all? Um, no, I've never had more than, I remember it got changed to, you can only have 20 elapids at some point. I've never had more than 20 elapids. I don't think I would have more than 20 elapids. I think you don't really need 20 elapids to be honest. I I agree with what you said before about a, a smaller collection. I think with a smaller collection, you can sort of focus a lot more on the upkeep and maintenance of those animals in particular. So that's the way that I'd definitely want to start leaning and plus yeah. if i'm not keeping as much i uh i could definitely go herping a lot more so 100 percent mm. yeah so that's a perfect segue into talking about our main topic for tonight so i, I kind of just want to figure out like how did you guys actually start this trip who was the mastermind behind it or did you kind of all just sit down over a beer one day and kind of go all right let's do it because it was a pretty big trip yeah it was a massive too. one yeah, so I um, I come up with the trips generally. I think uh, I come up with quite a few trips. Uh, I think I've planned out till 2024, haven't I? <laughs> yeah, you have, yeah. Wow. Yep. Um, <laughs> we've got a few more. But basically what I do is 
I focus on one species where it's usually a difficult to find species as well. Uh, yeah. Either a python or a venomous snake. So for this particular trip, it was Owen Pally pythons. I was pretty keen to head up there and attempt to hurt for them. And then around that, I branch out and focus on you know secondary species that I'd yep. love to see. Uh, plan a route and work out how many hours it'll take to drive to each place and uh, where we'll be for each night and day. And yeah, it's it doesn't take too much time. Uh, a lot of it's we get on the trip and sort of wing it, but yeah, we have yeah. a general idea of where we want to go and, and what we want to see. Usually, yeah. I think I, I jot down about 100 species or so that I'm really keen to to attempt to find. And then even just talking to people, you know, once you've got sort of a basic list and a general gist of where we want to go and try and nut out some places that, you know, other people might have find certain species and, yeah, try our luck. Yeah, it sounds kind of similar to, to how Luke kind of, planned our trip in that sort of sense like we kind of threw out the sort of stuff that we wanted to see and i think i think maybe tyson and i and, and jason were a little bit more vague in the sense that we were just like oh we'd be happy to see anything you know you know a few of these yeah. spots you know if, whatever you want to find we're we're cool to come along but yeah oh that's see because of me all, all, all species and new species for me it's because i don't really get unhurt much so mm-hmm. i'm happy just to see whatever <laughs> yeah so with that in mind, did you kind of go, all right, like this is a certain amount of days that you're allowing for yourself for this trip and, and did you kind of plan it to be a one-way trip or did you want to do like a round trip from Queensland to the NT? Um, I think for this one in particular, we I planned it out so that we'd spend four days sort of cruising through Queensland before entering the, the Northern Territory and then as soon as we hit the Northern Territory, it was sort of get up to the top end as quick as possible and so we could spend the most of our days up there looking for species in that area i think none of us had been up there before so mm-hmm. there was lots to see uh lots to you know do and then on the way back it was a i think we'd planned to be a, a slow cruise on the way back just through queensland again attempting ingram's brown snakes was was high on my list after a good wet season out that way. Yeah, it was uh, kind of crazy seeing a lot of the footage that people were putting up of, like, the floodplains and that through there as well and, and seeing all the grass and stuff coming alive. Yeah, yeah, it was awesome to see such, like, what you'd expect usually to be such sort of desolate and sort of dried up places just to be, like, alive yeah. and flourishing. It was cool. Yeah, it had a great season of rain. Yeah. Everything was green and, and it seemed like, you know, a lot of species that people hadn't seen in past years were, were a lot more abundant this year. I know Colette snake, for example, was, was seen quite a few times this year. You don't hear about them too much, so. Yeah, those and, and Ingrams. When Ingrams, one of those ones is also pretty hard to find, so yeah. a few people found them. Yeah. So as, uh, what sort of gear did you guys take away with you and what, what sort of car were you driving first and foremost because that's something that, you know, not a lot of people probably realise you need a semi-decent vehicle. Yeah, well, I flew up, obviously, from Sydney to Reeves Place. So, yeah, that's all on him, the, the vehicle, the transport. So, yeah, he's got the gear. <laughs> yeah, I just I have a, uh, a Volkswagen Amarok, just a dual-cab Amarok, and 
all I really need. I think when I think about the trip, like the most important thing is just a four-wheel drive and lighting for me. I don't need much else. So just a bull bar, some good set of spotlights, and, and yeah, that's that's pretty much all. As for cameras, we, we actually both have the same yeah. camera, Canon 7D Mark II. And lenses now, I think we've, we've pretty yeah. much got the same gear, so... <laughs> That's pretty handy. So we would just what we would do is we'd just have I'd have the macro lens on and Ollie would have the wide angle and we'd just switch SD cards instead of uh, swapping out lenses and stuff. We all had the same, so yeah, that was just easier. That's same like lighting setup as well. On your yeah, and with the lighting setup was yeah, oftentimes what sort of not frustrated us but took a lot of the time away and you know, when you've got two people taking photos and then, you know, we met up with a couple of other blokes when we hit the Northern Territory and then it turns into four people, you want to just sort of try and be as, bang yeah, out. bang them out and just save time where you can. And, you know, some of our shots probably look pretty identical, but, you know, that's all right. <laughs> can be hard not Stuff to get that. Like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, sometimes, you know, the animal would move around and that's, that's awesome. But, yeah, usually it was just, yeah, one of us go and the next one has the other one lined up and then we just sort of get it done and let the animal... Yeah, go on its way. So as far as like camp gear, did you guys just take like swags with you and, and basically just like a little cooktop or something like that? And Yeah, not even a – you had a cooktop this time? Yeah, anyway. we had a portable cooktop, um, swags, yeah. pillow, camera, bag of clothes and uh, yeah. an esky. I think that was about it. Yeah, that's pretty rough, isn't it? Like, yeah, it, it, that's all you need, though. As long as you have. I don't even think we like, use the uh, the stove that much. We just relied on that service station. Uh, those chickens, yeah, <laughs> sausage rolls, rolls and chicken <laughs> service station. Four day um, old chicken. Yeah, <laughs> broccoli balls. Yeah, <laughs> we. Um, I agree with you. I, I don't think I'm never one for paying for accommodation. I just can't get it through yeah. my head, but. You, you pay to sleep really so i think you know sleeping's free just all you need is a pillow really and you're good to go you can sleep yeah. anywhere and some of the places you can roll a swag unbelievable sleep, eh? yeah oh, it's stunning yeah. like there's no point forking out money exactly. for it, and a lot of the time on this you know the herping trips you're sleeping for like three hours so you know yeah you can sleep in the, front sleep sleep. In the, like, the morning yeah exactly yeah we'll sleep on the drive or whatever yeah, yeah. i have to ask did you guys have air conditioning in your car yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Lucky bastards. You guys didn't. I almost spat my beer out there. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just answered the experience. You, you know, oh, yeah. you got the, the whole thing. Yeah. No, it was it was full on going through like the Barclay or whatever, you know, doing your 130. Luke's steering the car with his knees. We're all eating sunflower seeds. I'm sitting in the back and the sunflower seeds are coming back in the in the car and hitting me in the head. No, it was great. It, it, I wouldn't have it any other way because it was like – you got the full experience, I think. So, mm. oh, that's awesome. I, I felt every bit of the heat till we got to Litchfield, and I hopped in Ricky's car with the aircon, and that was like <laughs> the best day. <laughs> yeah, Yeah. What were the temperatures reaching for you guys? Uh, I think we hit forty in Barclay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we got to that potentially forty-one. I could be mistaken, but they were like constantly at least thirty-eight plus. Like they were. And it's just the humidity that wears you out up there. It's not even the temperatures. Like you get 40 degrees in Sydney, sure, it's hot, but you move around, but up there, it's just crazy. Well, like the the tablelands and that aren't too bad. That's pretty Mm. dry. But when you are up in like Kakadu and Litchfield and stuff, that's like 
you're just in a warm bath essentially and you're sitting in your own juices. Yeah. That's not, <laughs> yes. not fun. <laughs> I was, I was I'm pretty much known to the other boys that I, I sweat a lot and I was probably wet within two minutes of, of walking yeah. around those escarpments up there and yeah. It was I'm insane. insane. I'm sweating now. <laughs> Just thinking about it. <laughs> no, I'm cold. I'm sweating. <laughs> yeah. It was, uh, I still remember the morning after we found the OP. It was about 4.30 or something by the time we got back to camp and like find, finding like this little kind of like gutter with some water flowing through it and we're all just lying in the water just like, oh, that's like yeah. refreshing to wash it off, get like an hour's sleep and then you're up again, up again yeah. at it. Ah, awesome. So why don't, why don't you start us off as kind of like a day-by-day sort of journey and give us a bit of a breakdown about what you guys kind of found along the way because how many species did you find? I know you had at least 67 or something. Oh, we, we ticked off. I mean, I'm a bit of a sucker for sleeping in the car and redid pretty much all the driving. I think I did about an hour total <laughs> in two weeks. Um, so I think Reed got a couple more than me, but, yeah, I think we got like I hit 93 species. Yeah, in, I got up over 100. Yeah. yeah, about 12 days, 13 days. Oh, yeah. And you ticked off quite a few of the monitors too. Yeah, so we almost half and then we got 13. Yeah, I got 13, yeah. 13 different Baranans that trip, so that was oh, a big yeah. one. Yeah, we just seemed to luck out with them, so that was that was awesome. Yeah. That was one thing I was majorly jealous by because, like, we spent a little bit of time looking for, like, uh, Mitchell Eye and Scalaris and stuff like that and, yeah, Tristus, Glebos, missed all them, you know, but... No, it was good stuff. All right, so let's start us off. Day one, far north Queensland. Where'd you go? Yeah, so I flew up to Reed um, the night before, and then, yeah, next day we were keen on getting some Rusties. Um, yeah, I don't think you'd seen them before, had you? If they'd no, been up there for a bit. Hadn't been looking for them yet. Yeah, so we went out to a sort of a spot that I think it's kind of a bit well-known up there. And um, had a bit of a poke around, and yeah, it's cool habitat. Um, and yeah, managed to get our yeah get our eyes on some. That was awesome. Oh, we could yeah headed out sort of after the heat of the day when it sort of it was still really warm, but um just wasn't wasn't sort of crazy hot. And um, I think we put in about half an hour's work and sort of just made our way around the mangroves and yeah just peeking out of a hollow basically and yeah lucked out. Oh, that's awesome! They're they're one that I'd love to see. Oh, I'd love to see all of them. But yeah, any so any of those sort of uh, water based farinids are a bit of an interest of mine. Mm. It was about it. it was interesting. It was high tide when we went. I didn't yeah. bother looking at tides or anything like oh, that. Tide was just changing. <laughs> yeah, it was it, it was coming quite far in, and I actually went to the same spot the other day, and it was you know incredible how much how many more mangroves there were that I could walk around and basically Ollie and I found the rusty, you know, in such a small section of mangroves that weren't covered by water at that time. So we, we got incredibly lucky with that one. Yeah. As we were taking photos, we sort of had to keep sort of, we took our shoes off first and yeah, the, yeah. the water level within like 15, 20 minutes was like up to our knees. It was crazy. So yeah, it really sort of comes in. Wow. That's mental. So that's obviously close to home. Did, was that kind of just like the first tick off the bat and then you kind of had some other local species there or did you decide, decide to hightail it? Yeah, Ollie was keen to see a few of the 
sort of uh, well-known species up here. I know you guys like your chameleon geckos, and Ollie was keen to see yeah. those. Uh, Tease me with that. Yeah. <laughs> a bit of a python nut as well, so I was keen for a scrubby. I was under the impression that, you know, they just turned up all the time. But, yeah, could not. We were there for, like, one or two days, and, yeah, couldn't get one. We got one dead little hatchy. It looked like it just, yeah, I don't know if it would have been hit or stepped on or something. We were sort of on a little bush trail, and it was just sort of lying at the start of it. Um, stunning. Like, it would have just been, like, a few weeks old. But yeah, unfortunately passed away, so that was a bit of a bummer. But yeah, we went out looking for the um, the chameleon geckos. Yeah, we got we got the chameleon geckos. The rusties was another big one, and we managed that. Uh, the prickly forest skinks were up there. They're extremely common. I don't know if you've been up here before looking for them, but they're no, no. pretty much any lo- any log that though. looks good probably has one. Um, mm. And uh, we managed a, a few other skink species, didn't we? Uh, yeah, Sap- saproskinkus. Basiliscus, uh, a few bard skink species, I think northern bard. Um, Obviously lots and, of boids. The boids were just everywhere. Yeah. So they had your eye turned white. Yeah, wow. That's pretty good. I'm jealous already. <laughs> <laughs> That's where I want to go. <laughs> That's pretty much your mecca, hey, Jason, up there in the rainforest. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Did you kind of hand it inland after that? Like, did you go up and then kind of duck basically inland from there? Or yeah, so we had um, the day that we left, we did uh, I think Winton, didn't we? Yeah, drove down to Winton, yeah. so n- nine hour drive, and that was a big one. Yeah, had a few species down there we wanted to tick off, and managed to see the olive python that we were keen on. Uh, spin effects, slender blue tongues—they're pretty, pretty neat little animals. Oh wow! Um, but yeah, Winston's got a great. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, that olive python that was cool. Yeah, again, being sort of a bit of a python nut, just like it was just sort of just had its head out of the water. It was obviously just an ambush with the rest of its body. Um, yeah, we just sort of eye shined it, and that was that was pretty cool. That would have been awesome to see it doing that sort of behaviour as well. Like that's not just crossing a road or something like that. That's actually yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think it was like you know one one thirty. It was still really warm, and obviously the the flies and mozzies are gone. Um, yeah, I guess not the flies, but yeah, all the mozzies and midges and whatever else they have up there near those water bodies, and it just like stank, you know, yeah. muddy and everything. But um, yeah, oh, it was just like a massive, gentle giant. It was like three three and a bit meters. Yeah, wow. it was yeah, a big one. Yeah. So I've seen a few olive pythons out there. I think I've seen six now. And five of the six have been sitting in that ambush position. So it's nice to see them sort of in the water, just a nose sticking out. You, you know, you, you could easily miss it if you weren't you know, looking yeah. for them. Yeah, wow. That's pretty awesome. That's, that's really awesome. So tell me a bit more about the slender blue tongues because that's <clears throat> not yeah. something that I actually saw on the, the list of stuff that you, you got here. That's something that's a bit left of field. How are they? Yeah, so they're a bit of an annoying <laughs> one for me. I I knew they were there and I actually saw three, but I didn't manage to. They, they were so quick. They ducked off. It was such a difficult area to be walking around and uh, they were too quick and all got away, so I didn't actually manage any photographs of them, which is unfortunate. But oh, yeah, I, I know they're there, and I definitely have to go back there. Oh, that is an excuse to go back. That's, yeah, uh, 
definitely. It's always good to have an excuse. Yeah, well, I mean, you, you look at some of these guys that have been doing it for years and they keep going back to the same places just trying to tick that other species off or whatever, you know. That's like Somerville driving down to w, the bottom of WA <laughs> to, to get yeah. a few things down that way. <clears throat> what yeah. about the Asper, though? That, that would have been sick to see one of those. I'm yeah. very jealous of that. Yeah, that was cool. Was it the banded Asper or was it just the normal Asper? Yeah, it was just a normal one this time. Um, yeah. yeah. Still nice. Like, it was still a, a decent oh, yeah. size and, yeah. But, yeah, the colour was, yeah, just pretty standard. Yeah. They're extremely pretty geckos and you see them just navigate those rocky outcrops with ease. It's it's pretty interesting. Uh, you know, they climb up so easily. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, it seems like sheer ledges, like see. almost vertical, and these geckos are, you know, not like, you know, your juror or anything like that, that just scale glass, these guys. Yeah, it's pretty incredible to watch them do it. Especially because most people keep them in, you know, if you see them cat, they're just on yeah, in the tub. exactly. Kind of so you don't really see not that. Not traversing, like, yeah, exactly right, yeah. Yeah. So that was definitely cool. It was like after I found the, the AMIA in, in the West Max, um, after seeing that, I was like, oh, well, I've kept him years ago. And I'm like, oh, I've been doing it all wrong. You know, like there's not an ounce of sand here. It's all just like rubble and rock and spin effects. And yeah, yeah. it'd be interesting to see. Um, I'd love to see people do kind of more naturalistic setups with those and, you know, even try to do them like a bit of a bioactive or something like that. Yeah, it'd definitely be pretty cool. And even I think a lot of people just don't give them enough space. Again, like, yeah, yeah they're moving around quite a bit and I we sort of, you know, after we took a few photos, we sort of let it go on its way and, yeah, it just, you know, moved around constantly just sort of hunting. So, yeah, it could be cool to see some of the, the concepts that people come up with for enclosures and designs like that. Mm, 100%. Uh, so from there you went on to, to Bladensburg and Fuella? Yeah, well, that was, that was in Bladensburg. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah those few species so that was yeah that was cool um I mean, in the yeah. morning yeah in the morning we wanted to to see tristus um just on the drive out uh yeah thought they'd be quite easy to find and and we did we found we found one with relative ease before uh heading back into winton and traveling on to i was going to spend one day looking for ingrams because i knew that it was good out there at the time the weather mm-hmm. floods and stuff i thought i'd give them a quick crack before heading into the northern territory and did you um find them there or no unfortunately we, didn't. Uh, we, we did try we tried hard <laughs> yeah oh, for one night because <laughs> that was obviously one of your main target species too wasn't it so yeah they're one of my favorite snakes and so I was, you know, extremely keen to see one and I knew that that habitat has probably not looked better uh, in a long, long time. So I was yeah. a bit peeved, but, you know, it's it's something I can go back and do and attempt again. Um, we did actually see a, a roadkill snake on the way uh, to this area and, and it was a roadkill ingram, so... That just that just kept us going a bit more, um, you know, to see that they're actually moving. It's such a rare snake to see uh, around. That was that was pretty cool. That's a bit of a double edged thing, though, right? Because you're like, 
okay, cool, they're moving, it's but it's dead. You know, like it's... Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I totally get what you mean. It's it's happened with a few species, doesn't it? it happens to everyone. You know, you, you target said species and you can come across so many dead individuals. I know thorny devils, that's that's one mm. for me. even haven't yep. seen a live one yet, uh, but plenty of roadkill. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's the same for you. Is yeah, it? that's the exact same for me. I yeah. got one twitching, and that's the closest I got to oh, live. Man. Yeah. yeah, that would suck, wouldn't it? Yeah, but you know, I, I just yeah, they're so small too. Like that was something that really surprised me is just the size of the thornies. Like I was kind of imagining them being you know a little bit bigger, but when you're actually seeing them up close, it's like oh, they're, they're tiny little things. It's not hard for them to get cleaned up by cars. Yeah. Yeah, they're beautiful. They're weird, but yeah. they're very small as well. Yeah, oh, cool little animals. All right, so you got you got your Tristus. Um, then where we go from there? You ended up getting a Mulga that night. Is that right? Yeah, we did. That was sort of while we were cruising for the um, the Ingrams, I think. Constellation. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it was still good. It was a nice constellation prize. He was My so excited. He like. Yeah. yeah, jumped I out jumped. of his car. Yeah. Yeah, that was, yeah, the car didn't really even come to a stop. He just sort of chucked <laughs> the brake on it. Was out. So, so uh, it, could... you know, it was a it was a I call it an Ingram sized Mulga. So, yeah. yeah, and it was just after dark. I was just like, oh, this could be it. This, this could be it. it. But yeah, still stoked with a black saw Mulga anyway. So, good. Well, especially if you're a black snake fan. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. What, what do the mulgas look like out from that sort of like locality there? Uh, beautiful silvery mm-hmm. sort of color. Uh, I know okay. Winton they can get like a bit of a blue tinge to them. I haven't seen one at Winton itself, but the one that we got was beautiful, clean silver. Um, yeah, wasn't massive, but it was yeah, still a pretty decent size. So yeah, it was that was a pretty cool snake and fired up. As yeah. they usually are. Yeah. It was only my second Mulga as well, so yeah, I was I was pretty happy with it. I wasn't as bummed that it wasn't a, an Ingrams as Reed was. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least it was a venomous snake. Yeah, yeah, that's correct. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so that that was pretty much your night then done for for that night. It was just the one snake. Yeah, we got um the, the typical curls and, and Stimpsons children's. Um, yeah, a monster. There was a, monster yeah, a one, huge yeah. one across the road. We got excited about that as well. Yeah. And, but, yeah, we got closer. and was like, no, that's not – nothing to be excited <laughs> about. <laughs> it was an interesting place, though, in the, you know, in the mornings. All the birds that were flying around feeding on the copious amounts of insects and stuff, it was – crazy to see uh we went to a particular toilet that was (laughs) like never seen anything like that yeah it was like it was it was was windy at night as well so i guess you know might have picked up a bit during the day too and we yeah we just went went to chuck a piss and um we opened this little cubicle just like in the middle of nowhere just along the highway and um yeah it was the whole floor was just covered in beetles and you know praying mantises and spiders and it was like it was crazy so that was that was definitely wow. a difference so you know we just sort of like tell the driver and just chuck the piss on the side of the road <laughs> yeah <laughs> well, we risk it's where the all the bugs went to shelter that night or something yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, 
it's not good when the ground's crawling. That's for sure. I experienced that a few times on our trip. Mm. It's pretty cool. Like it was, yeah, we were not expecting it. Um, yeah, it's a bit different. Did you guys get smashed by, like, just heaps of tiny little bugs at night where there's just, like, all different types of little midges and things that were just, you know, if you, if you had, like, a drop of sweat on you, they'd just be on you? Yeah, if we were around places that were pretty, you know, damp or, you know, if we were around a creek or something like that, um, then, yeah. But there were a few times where it wasn't that bad, but especially in Mount Isa, fuck, that was, that was next level. <laughs> <laughs> See, we had it everywhere. Oh. I've got I've got footage of Luke somewhere. I can't remember where I was in Barkley and he's like lying down on the ground trying to take a photo of something and he's just like covered in bugs. It was, yeah. And that was dry. Far out. We didn't, didn't have rain or anything like that. But yeah, that's crazy. All right. So Mount Isa was your next stop then? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. We uh, had a list of things for there. I think Ajuru Bella was up there. Oh, Gleba Palmer. Um, what else do we have? There's a strophorous species around that area. Jane. Yeah, I know the Taniatus. Oh, sorry. Yeah, my bad. The, Is that the, that's the newly yeah. described one, isn't it? Yeah, Phasmid gecko oh, species. Yeah. Beautiful little thing. Um, but yeah, and, and we wanted to see crocodiles on there. They're pretty common, but that's where the mozzies were. We were mm. absolutely pounded while looking for <laughs> yeah. shining for uh, freshwater crocodiles. It was all just muddy and everything, so they just, yeah, they just loved it. Mm. We managed to find all those species, um, which was great. Gleba Palmer was a morning thing. That was the one, that was, apart from, you know, Owen Pally Pythons, I think Gleba Palmer was Ollie and I's second animal that we were, you know, most excited to see. Yeah. And we were thinking if we can get them in Queensland, you know, relieves all the pressure of trying to find them in the Northern, Northern Territory. Territory. Yeah. yeah. And we absolutely nailed Gleba Palmer. We found quite a few in probably half an hour walking yeah. around. So. We went in the evening on the way sort of through <laughs> Mount Isa and then, yeah, we just sort of got eyes on some, but, yeah, didn't sort of get as much as we wanted and then, yeah, came back the next day and, yeah, really lucked out. That was awesome. I think out of everything on this list, that was like my number one thing that I was so jealous about. And I remember like just to kind of refresh myself while I was watching uh, Reed's highlights the other day and just the sheer amount that you guys found too. I was just like, oh, that's – yeah. This whole trip, like especially with your varanids, you found quite a few of a lot of these species and I think that's the thing that killed me. Like, I was lucky to see the one Gillens, the one this, the one that sort of yeah. thing. But, yeah. Hey, you got the Owen Pally and, uh, you know, that's something we got to go back – up there for yeah. so you gotta you know count your blessings I guess hundred percent no I've still got plenty of reasons to go back yeah you know, exactly. just looking at this list it's um yeah hey, I've got oh, there's, you can always go back, back to a spot no matter I'm how much you've seen there's always something new <laughs> yeah so, or even yeah. just to see like you know with that um a durabella we got this gorgeous little juvenile um we yeah uh, we were looking obviously oh, awesome. we didn't expect yeah. to see one we were keen just to see an adult. And just the colour on this thing stood out like a sore thumb. So, you know, even though we've seen one, another reason to go back just to get, you know, an adult. Adult, adult, yeah. Yeah. How's the phasmid gecko? That was cool. Amazing. So small. I knew they were there. Yeah. I knew they were there. And I'd actually been there before and missed them. So I was really, you know, really keen to see them this time. And first gecko on the road, a typical strop. Um, 
and uh, like the grasshopper on the asphalt who was yeah. like <laughs> yeah. not long after oh, dark yeah. either so that was nice to tick off um, that's really awesome I was going to ask if you spent heaps of time looking for it but that answered that question no so. we, it was that, like, yeah, would have been half an hour um, yeah. but it was lost in the photo you know that incredible with spin effects they can just disappear and yeah it being three centimeters long it disappeared and was never seen again so and ollie and i hadn't photographed it at that point so we were a bit, we were a bit bummed and we went and ticked off bella and came back where by the time we were finished there it was something like 3 a.m we were like okay we'll just have another cruise and see if we can find another one of these strophorous species and and we did lucky yeah. So, yeah. awesome that's wicked <clears throat> yeah yeah there's a few of those um phasmid geckos that i'd love to photograph yeah they're one of my favorites for sure strophorous i love them it's just yeah. crazy how that you know can just scale those it's so photogenic too yeah or even just climbing on the spin effects and you know they barely bend over a blade yeah. of the grass it's like the thing just weighs nothing yeah, perfectly yeah. camouflaged. Yeah, exactly. Like, you just, it's, you know, if it made one wrong move, it'd just be skewered. So yeah, but yes, yeah, that awesome. Bella though. To see some of that, that um, Odoo Bella Hatchie. Like after seeing that photo of that, I, I was kind of stunned that that thing could live out there. You know, it just stands out like a sore thumb. You're just like, how how aren't you prey for, you know, all owls or something like that, or or you yep. know, other bigger geckos and that, man. Such stark contrast. Mm. It was a, um, it was a horrible night actually yeah. when we were looking for them. It was blowing a cyclone, I reckon. Wow. And where we were looking for them, like <laughs> one wrong move, and you were you were falling fifteen meters here there. We were just walking on this wow. shale of rock almost. Yeah, yeah. I mean, amongst yeah. the spin effects. So, and we spent an hour before, like, yeah, uh, this is someone's gonna die. So we were walking yeah. back to the car and. And one of my other mates on the trip just had, oh, yeah, here's one. And ju- juvenile, of course. So we were absolutely stoked on that. Oh, wicked. Yeah. The colours on the juveniles are something else. I yeah. Reckon. yeah. Yeah, I'd seen oh, juveniles no, in, in a book. And I was saying to Ollie, like, you know, it'd be great to see adults, but juveniles, really, yeah. that would pique me so hard. Yeah. No, that's unreal. But. That's something about Oridura, and I think it's kind of like a two-for-one animal because you do get those two different colour patterns. And Yeah. That's it. I know. I want to go back and see more um, Jamada because we kind of got one that was kind of like in the middle of its colour change. It was kind of like not quite fully adult, not quite fully juvie. That was um, still very cool to see, though. But yeah. So after that, you started the, the long drive west by the looks of it after Mount Isa? Yeah, that's right. I think the morning we went, the morning is when we went looking for glebos. And oh, right, yep. So the night the night before was basically just scoping out some rocks, trying to find them in cracks, and, and yep. we did. And so we went back there in the morning, and I was pretty much just creeping over these rocks that I'd seen them in or around and, you know, raising my head up slowly, and, and I could, you know, there they were. Same amazing. spot we saw them the yeah. night before. They were just all out basking around these rocks. And so I was just, you know, navigating my way around these rocks as quiet as possible because I know that they're quick to get away um, and trying to film them uh, just out basking. 
They're so slender too. Like just, you know, the cracks between these boulders are so tiny. Like you can barely get your hand in yep. there, but they just, you know, shimmy straight in and yeah, that's it. They're gone. Gone. You might shine a torch down there and see what you've missed, but that's about it. <laughs> yeah. Where you were looking for these guys, was it kind of like one big kind of like rock stack per se or was it kind of like a, a ridge or something like that or? Kind of a bit of both almost. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, a few sort of formations and, um, yeah. I mean, just because going off, like, the number that you found, the rough number that you found there, like, it almost seems like they're, like, kind of communal in that sort of sense or if they've just been limited to that habitat, then they kind of can't go anywhere else. But if it's, like, a large enough habitat, obviously they could. Well, we saw, like, I remember two in particular would have been basking on different rocky boulders, probably within 20 metres of each other. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they, they were definitely in abundance in this in this area. Mm. Yeah. Uh, the crevices that we were seeing, some of them were, you know, they were massive, they were massive caves. You couldn't get to them or anything, but we could see that they were in there. And potentially one or more lives in that crevice. It was, they were huge. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're one of those animals that just interests me. I don't like, they're just so know, cryptic. It was, yeah, yeah. It was so special just to see. Yeah, I was happy just to see one, and then, you know, we just kept getting lucky, and the more walking we did and, you know, just sort of, like Reed was saying, just sort of quietly sort of trying to crawl up the boulders and, you know, not walk over too many sticks and just go super slowly and, you know, yeah, paid off. We managed to get with it, yeah, like, single digit meters of, of all of them so wow jeez yeah incredibly lucky yeah oh man they're definitely one that I need to see mm-hmm. need to see those I mean now we need to go see the Northern Territory one so <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah that's it you've got different localities to chase down now that's right is, is that the same sort of area that you got the Hosmer skin in yeah 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 and Aki's um, <laughs> as well Oh, we yeah. oh man, Aki's as well. We had a bit of a poke around for for um, Bridgie, but yeah, no luck, no luck. So, well, what else did you do? Was that that kind of morning? Essentially, was just looking for like the day active animals, like diurnal animals. Just you... leave the Palmer that morning, just, and then yeah. we were just taken off to um, Barkley Homestead for a couple of beers, really. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a bad spot. Yeah, no, definitely not. Yeah, <laughs> I remember. I remember Luke um, uh, taking it upon it upon himself to to use the pool <laughs> quickly when we got there, <laughs> and um, yeah, he's like, I actually regret doing that because that water was warmer than an air temperature. Oh man! <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys see that? There was like a just this random house on the street just sort of leading up to it and there was this sort of big just sort of enclosed person's front yard and had this massive croc just sitting there with a couple of signs. I think that's where it was. That's it. That was at um, Daily Waters. Yeah. yeah, Daily Waters, yeah. Pet, pet crocodile. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. So they have the pet dog barking next to it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a nice little yeah. snack. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I remember saying that. Yeah, we, we sang good day to that croc for a bit. Yeah, Bar- Barkley's an interesting sort of habitat, hey? Yeah, 
we haven't done much of it. Uh, I haven't done much of it, neither Zolly. Mm-hmm. It's actually a trip we have in October, so to focus right. on the Barkley for Ingrams in particular. Um, and, and the range of other things that inhabit that black soil, but also the on the western side of it, it you know, it's it's a it's a different habitat again, red dirt spinifex. Uh, yeah. So there's a huge range of animals that just inhabit that Barkley Tableland region. Yeah, it's amazing where they all come from too, because you're driving through it at day and you're just like, there's just nothing here. Like, where, where do you all go? And yeah. you know during the day like surely there's not that much habitat there they can actually use but they do yeah but I, I was saying to Luke only yesterday or, or the other day when he was here he was like yeah that's such an amazing place you can almost see like the curvature of the earth because it's just that flat and vast yeah. and almost nothingness but um we drove through a few little spots there as well that kind of had like a bit of that flood water and stuff retained in it as well do you guys see that along the way through the Barkley? Yeah, we did. Um, I, I had a quick stroll at a couple of them just to see if there were any uh, speckled browns moving around the puddles, but I think it was a bit warm by the time we mm. hit the Barkley. So yeah. 40 degrees, I think. We were yeah. we were there at midday. We got to the homestead. Yeah. Mm. Did, did you guys take a temp gun or, or UV meter or anything with you? Oh, we took a temp gun. Um, yeah. probably didn't use it as much as we had planned. We sort of had these grand plans of, you know, every species we find, take air temps, take body temps and, you know, yeah. measurements and things. So, yeah, we had good intentions, but um, then once we saw the animals, we got a bit excited and um, a bit carried away. I think measuring the olive python, that was almost the extent of it. I might have a few notes somewhere, but, yeah, it was pretty minimal. But, yeah, it was hot as. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when you're out there at midday, it feels yeah. like your, your brain's poaching yeah. inside your skull. And some of those surface temperatures. Oh, yeah. I mean, we did a couple, of, oh, even just some of the little skinks and the smaller dragons, and, you know, it's like 60-something degrees on the, the ground. It's like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's mental. So what, what did you guys manage to tick off while you guys were kind of going through the Barkley? So... We so we got to the Barkley at probably twelve on the dot. I think midday, mm-hmm. you know, early morning drive from Mount Isa, and the plan was to road cruise the afternoon on the western side of the Barkley. So we had mm-hmm. like two hours, three hours to kill um, around the homestead, and then we were just looking, you know, we were just out looking for whatever. Was going to be out at that time, probably dragons, uh, looking at various trees and stuff for any monitors. I think we saw you, you saw an aki out there, a yeah. stonk, stonker aki in the yeah. hollow, massive uh, one, couple of tristus. And then as I was walking back to the car, you know, I tapped on a tapped on a, uh, a hollow log and a gillens shot out the top. So, <laughs> yeah, it's That's it's awesome. some of my favourite earthing is just having a, a handheld torch and just shining in hollows and stuff like you know the amount of stuff you see the crazy stuff that just lives in, inside hollows it's it's uh it's awesome yeah that so, was pretty special i could definitely yeah. say yeah once you'd got yourself it's like you said like a week after um yeah it was pretty cool yeah that's um it's amazing to like this is that that was kind of my pivotal moment of our trip was seeing that Gillens because obviously that's kind of like what I fanboy over 
uh, and kind of taking that information home and just thinking like, man, we've just, you, how do you compare to somewhere like in the wild? You know, you just, you just can't do justice for these animals in captivity in that same sort of sense. It's yeah. It's cra- crazy sort of epiphanies when you say stuff like that. Yeah. That, that Tristus that you got though, um, that was an absolute stonker of a Tristus. That was very weird. Oh, you got a couple? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And they were like pitch black uh, and and big too, really big. I think Ollie said the Aki out there was enormous as well. Yeah, it was was crazy. Yeah. They sort of buried into a tree stump, but yeah, just the tail on it was just like, it was like fat and plump and obviously, you know, it was just feeding on everything it could in there and, you know, plenty of insects and grubs and whatever. So yeah, it was certainly doing well, which is good to see. Yeah, I mean, all those grasses out there, they're so alive with grasshoppers and stuff. Yeah. I mean, even though in those dead rotting logs, yeah, you got the you know, little grubs and there's spiders on every tree and, you know, huntsmen's and stuff like that. So they're just, yeah, having a feast. Yeah. I couldn't get over the gut on that Tristus that, that you posted up, Reed. That was... <laughs> yeah. I, I was it, looking at that going like, that looks like one of the Tristus you'd usually see in captivity because it's like almost morbidly a beast. So well fed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, obviously snacking on plenty of locusts or there was plenty of locusts out there when we were driving around. So I think that's where that belly came from for sure. <laughs> hanging around the toilet cubicles. Yeah, definitely hanging around that toilet in, in particular, <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so you've already knocked knocked off another three varanid species while you were there. Yeah. We got panoptes on that drive actually as well. So, oh, wicked. Um, and I saw Goulds. I know Ollie was... Fast asleep. That one, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All I hear is, did you see that? And uh, yeah, I opened my eyes too late and it's already like 50 metres behind us. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> They're a quick monitor. We, we tried to chase down a, <laughs> a few of them, but got heavily outsmarted. Yeah. Yeah, the racehorse go on extremely yeah. quick. <laughs> I had no hope. I can't remember the last time I ran, but <laughs> I think that was the most I ever ran was in that trip trying to chase down Gould. Yeah. And you guys did? Did you spend a bit of night a time there at night? Like, did you stay over during the night there? We sort of just tried to power through. I think we sort of had uh, big ambitions, but yeah, it was just a lot of driving, and yeah. I think we decided to sort of call it. Mm. Yeah, that's yeah, it fair was- enough. I think we slept just south of Daily Waters that night. Yeah. Um, and I think that was the sixth day of the trip, and that's when we had 67 species by then. Um, wow. By that that's stage. Amazing. That's crazy. So you also found the Western Scaly Foot. Was that? Yeah, that was a pain. <laughs> we were all keen to get photos of it, but, yeah, we tried and, Gave up very quickly. It just was not having it. Do you want to yeah. cooperate? <laughs> Typical scaly foot. Mm. So was plenty that of those roper eye as well. Um, and uh, we got just a pretty couple of pretty plain looking uh, ciliaris. Yeah. I think they look much better in other parts of Northern Territory, but on the Barclay, they were. Just a nice plain oh, that drab. Gray. Yeah, exactly. The, the plain grey. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's a species that um, 
has so much variation in it, hey? Yeah. I was a little bit peeved about missing Western Browns. I thought they might have been in, in pretty big abundance that night, but didn't mm-hmm. actually see yeah. Penny. Eh? It was a pretty slow night. We were, we were, yeah, we were really sort of yeah keen for yeah a, a bunch of elapids on that Barkley stretch, but yeah, like Reed said, we we didn't really do too well. Um, so it was a bit of an uneventful night. Everything we stopped for was just we stopped for because you know we hadn't really seen anything. It was just a yes, sweet. Even if it's yeah. something common, we may as well just get out for a you know bit of geese. Yeah. Did you get any of the Barkley adders, or did you miss those? No, no, they're. <laughs> No. They're one of my one of my absolute favourites. I think, and I I could see you know people see them up in the fog band, but I'd love to see one yep. on the actual Barkley itself. Um, yeah, I think that would be awesome. be awesome. But hopefully October. Yeah, fingers crossed. Yeah. That's a good stretch of road. It's very straight. Yeah. You guys did pretty well up there when you went, didn't you? <laughs> Yeah, we we did it all right. Definitely, we we got a, a fair few species on that because we spent. Because we had to escape the cyclone. That's right. So we went down there for like three nights thereabouts, I think. We spent the we spent our first night in Nitmaluk or near there, and then we went and did a couple of nights down on the Barkley. So yeah, we, we poked around a bit. But yeah, we got a I can't remember what brown snake it was, but we got a brown and we got a, a mulga down there, and we got um, heaps of punctata. Um, Got a burrowing snake. Yeah, yeah cool. we got we got a red nape snakes or, or orange nape snakes. I can't remember what they are there, but yeah, we got a bunch of stuff out that way. Um, yeah, one of my favourite things to see down there was actually the um, central Centralian blue tongue. Yeah, they were pretty cool. We got I think we got one or two of them at Mount Isa, and then yeah, along some of the highways. But yeah, they're they're awesome little things. So fiery. Yeah, yeah. and they never sit still at night. You find it at like ten thirty PM, and you try and take a photo, yeah, and it goes. <laughs> it's not hanging around. Yeah, it's still still thirty six degrees at ten PM, isn't it? So yeah, they're uh, they're wired. Batteries charged, that's for sure. So um, so you you basically headed from the Barkley through Daily Waters, said good day to Kevin the crocodile, mm-hmm. and started <laughs> heading straight north. Hey, yeah, yeah. Checked out Edith Falls and. Adelaide River sort of area, yeah. I'll have to backtrack quickly. Did you guys spend some time at the pub at Daily Waters? Yes, yeah, of course. Yeah, um, that is that is a classic pub. Interesting day call. That was cool. That was yeah, yeah, a lot to see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh, I actually left my shoes there, so uh, not by you know it was a mistake that I did live in there. I know there was plenty of shoes on the wall and stuff, but Don't I actually that accidentally left my shoes. You'll have to go back there. It'll and be on my thongs exactly. wall somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> They'll be on the wall, definitely, yeah. next to all the other thongs. Yeah. The shoe thongs, not the other yeah. thongs that are, yeah. <laughs> that are also there. <laughs> yeah. on the, the bras, <laughs> the licenses. Yeah. All stuff. Uh, so cool. the morning, basically that morning, we, we got to Daily Waters, I think, probably about 9, 10 a.m., had the beers for a couple of hours, then drove up to Catherine and spent at night uh, at Catherine Gorge. So oh, okay. I think we were keen on Marmarada, got that, uh, got a couple. Um, we got some nice candy cane in um, Boyger as well. That was cool. Mm. Yeah. yeah. 
Oh, we could. Yeah, well, they, they seem to be a plenty no matter who goes up there, I reckon. You get a, quite a few night tigers up there. Did you get some really nice crisp ones, though? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, that one was just like white, sort of red, orange. And yeah, it was a decent size. Would not sit still for a photo, which was a real bummer. That was my first one. And yeah, yeah it just like, yep, yeah, put it on a tree, fell off the tree, put it on the rock, fell off the rock. It's just, yeah, we just gave up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did you try to have a go at you at all? Not really. I think it was more interested in just, yeah, leaving. Yeah, just buggering off. So. Don't think it was that keen on giving us a a chomp. So yeah, it was disappointing though, especially after seeing bloody um Luke and Collins photos. We were like, oh man, that was yeah. that was awesome. Um, but that's right, another reason to go back. Yeah, exactly. Got to go back for the one that'll sit still. Yeah, at that's least right. they're common up there. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, too right, too right. So you spent a did you spend a night up in the gorge? So. Yeah, we, we had plans of sort of, I think, trying to cross it and hit some other habitat. Um, but, yeah, we sort of couldn't find a way across. And I think, yeah, due to the, the cyclone, I think, or I don't know, maybe it was for some other reason, yeah, we, we just yeah couldn't sort of break through the waters. And, yeah, that was a bit disappointing because um, I think we had a few other species that we were planning on seeing. So we just sort of... Yeah, sort of backtracked a little bit, and um, we got another bit of a larger crocodile, which was cool. Um, yeah, that was pretty sweet. Was that a, a was that a salty or another freshie? I uh, think yeah, it was a freshie. Yeah, another yeah. freshie. Yeah, it's about a meter long. Um, I think that was uh, that was the end of the night. We we managed to see that eye shine it, walk around in the water with it, and then and then we uh, went to went to bed, didn't we? Yeah. Pretty good way to finish the night. Yeah, no, that was pretty decent. Can't complain with a crop. That's for sure. Yeah, definitely. Mm, they're common, but they're they're lovely. Yeah. Didn't lose any fingers, that was a bonus. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, there was definitely a lot of water around up there, hey, because it had been, I mean, before I got up that way, it was raining for, I think, a few solid weeks or something like that, or at least a solid week before I got there. Um did you guys get much rain when you were starting to head up that way or was it starting to look a bit? Not average? really. I think I don't even think we had much rain at all throughout the whole trip. Yeah, just in Kakadu. We had yeah. a couple of showers and, and a thunderstorm or two. But yeah. yeah. other than that, everything was nice and dry. Uh, as in weather-wise, it was nice and dry. Ponds were filled, though. Oh, good. Good, eh? So after Catherine, what was the plan and what was the target? So we sort of, yeah, seeing as we were sort of nearing the uh, the Owen Pelly uh, location, we had a couple of of sort of, I guess, different plans in a way we sort of wanted to attack it. We still had a few days. So we were either planning on just going straight up to Kakadu, trying to nut out the Owen Pelly, and then just relaxing yeah. for the rest of the trip, knowing we'd ticked off that main species and um, just take it easy and, you know, do Litchfield and stuff. Um, but the other option was to spend one night at Litchfield and just try and knock out as many species as we could in case we didn't get the OP and then had no nights left in the Northern Territory and had to hightail it back home. Um, so we sort yeah. of deliberated for a bit, but then decided we'd do that. I'm glad we did. Um, cause yeah, we had a hell of a night. That was, that was awesome. 
in Litchfield. Yeah, we kicked off quite a yeah, few things. Yeah, there. we kicked off, kicked off some pretty cool stuff. Um, obviously, had a big pump feed first, but uh, yeah, fueled <laughs> up. <laughs> yeah. On the way, so we, the morning that we woke up in Catherine, we had planned to go for a quick swim at Edith Falls, um, yeah. is what it's called. And then, you know, it was about 10 a.m. We were driving to, to Litchfield for that night. I think we were going to get there late afternoon. Um, decided that we'd have a quick stop off uh, and look for Berichi, which is now in Sulanicus, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. fallen. So uh, I, we spent an hour. Basically, I just we were looking for some decent-looking rocks um, on a hill and found them and yeah we we probably had found found the monitor within an hour of looking hey yeah it was a it was a pretty cool um location yeah like Reed said it we just sort of looked for you know the, the right kind of habitat and um sort of pulled off to the side of the road and scaled this like it was almost vertical uh yeah I was quite surprised that neither of us would have fell over and sort of fell back down to the bottom. <laughs> but, um, yeah, we sort of clambered over this sort of orangey-looking sort of shale boulders and, yeah, all these sort of little smaller rocks sort of crumbling beneath our feet. And we sort of made it up halfway to the top of the hill and, um, you know, shining our torches in every little sort of rock crevice we could. And, yeah, it's like at least, I think, 38, 39 degrees. It's probably like 2 or 3 p.m., so the heat of the day, just sweating yeah. bullets. Um, Reed looked like he'd been just dumped in the swimming pool. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, we sort of made it halfway at the top of the hill and we realised, you know, couldn't really see anything. And, yeah, we, I think Reed sort of made the suggestion to sort of go around the other side of the hill. The um, habitat was a bit different. It was just sort of a little bit greener and the rocks and boulders sort of were a bit of a different colour, I guess a different kind of rock. I'm no geologist, but that looked different. And, um, yeah, literally within five minutes, we, yeah, we lucked out. So that was, that was awesome. That was really cool. Especially after, yeah, just sweating it out in the heat and, yeah, putting a bit of time in. Um, yeah, we managed to find it. So that was, I think that was awesome. I think that's one of my favorite things about herping is sort of, you know, you can talk to people and they can tell you, go to this place. Mm-hmm. You know, this animal yeah. is in abundance here, but, yeah. yeah, one thing that I liked about that in Sulanicus was, you know, no, we didn't talk to anyone about it. We were just looking for what looked like good habitat from what we've read about. And then we were out, we found the habitat, and we managed to find the, the monitor. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's uh, some of the best herping is when you can yeah. find the habitat and then find the animal in that habitat. Yeah. We've done a couple of trips together, like, over the last couple of years, and I think this was a trip we sort of really honed it in. And, yeah, like Reed said, finding the habitat, doing the research, and and that just makes finding it, like, a million times better because you've put in all the, you know, the pre-work for it, and, yeah, it, you just get that reward, and it's, like, ten times better. So that yeah. was, yeah, it was an awesome, awesome find. We were really happy with that, and, um yeah, probably a little bit delirious because we were so dehydrated. But yeah, that no, was yeah. awesome. <laughs> From there, we just shot straight to Litchfield, and I think we got there with an hour left of sunlight. Had the beers, the pub feed, and and we we're out straight again. And yeah, 
it wasn't that. We had two cars. There was two of my other mates in another car. And for Ollie and I, this night was slow. But for the other car, they they got everything. They mm-hmm. managed to find the Weigelai, that pygmy mulga. Um, they got the death adder up there, Rugosis. Uh, and they found a, a stonker olive python. Um, so they had a pretty cruise night. They found all those three snakes within an hour, I reckon, of yeah. it being dark. And, and Ollie and I had found nothing, I think. So Yeah. Oh, we got it that McClay's. We did um, later on, that was, yeah. Yeah, crossing the road. That was kind of cool. But, yeah, that olive python they found, it was like the other one we found in Martin's that was long. This thing was like as thick as my leg and it was just, it was the pissiest thing. It was, yeah, a real fat. Just yeah, weapon of an olive, and yeah, was not happy. So we didn't yeah muck around with that at all. We sort of yeah, and it disappeared into again like another sort of pretty steadily flowing sort of creek or sort of half sort of river thing, and yeah, just sort of swam through to the other shore and came on the other side. That was awesome. It's crazy. Such a thick, you know, fat-bodied snake was just so agile in the water. That was that was pretty cool. I suppose the water just supports them. Yeah. I was sort of pushed it to the other side, but yeah, still <laughs> didn't sink. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, so you guys ended up having a pretty good night up there, though, didn't you? Yeah. So after that, after yeah, um, my other mates found all that stuff. You had a bit of a bit of a photographing session and um, got some shots, and then um, I think we sort of just headed out to Fog Dam. Yeah, it's one of the. I know we mentioned it before, but we had four people uh, with us and all of us were photographing animals. And so it took a long time to sort of get through everything. Yeah. And we had a lot that we were photographing that night. Um, I think it was probably one thirty-two in the morning by the time we were finished and we're in Litchfield. And I said to Ollie, like, yeah, I'm still awake. We can head over to Fog Dam and try and see water pythons or something like that. Uh, so we made the hour and a half drive over there, water python within five minutes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and the other two nice. just, I think they called it a night, so they just sort of, yeah, camped up at the car park there and, yeah, we sort of just powered through. We were pretty keen to see it again because knowing that we just were going to head off to, to Kakadu the next day, we wanted to make the most of it. Mm. Yeah, it gets you a little bit closer there too. That's it, exactly. yeah. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, so we had the water python. So Ollie was photographing it, and and um, he was yeah, basically. I think he went to go to the toilet, walked across the road, and said, "Oh, tree snake!" Like four in the morning. <laughs> Literally walked right into it. Yeah, snake. beautiful golden. Yeah, that was that was pretty cool. I mean, obviously you get the, the common tree snakes down here as well, but the color phase was just that was pretty stunning. Yeah. So that was obviously yeah, all right. Sweet. Put your camera gear back on and. Yeah, I think yeah. my photos are on my phone are from like four fifteen in the morning. So yeah, <laughs> sort of slogged it out. And that was that was a nice snake and it was yeah, it was very, very cooperative for the camera. We pretty much just left it where it was and just sort of let it cruise around the tree and the vines and stuff and it would just sort of stop and look at us inquisitively and we just sort of take the opportunity and just got a few shots and um yeah. Called it a night after that I think. <laughs> yeah. I know that was one that um, Tyson was really desperately wanting to see because he's right into his tree snakes at the moment. And I think we found mm-hmm. a juvenile that was dead from memory, like a dead on road. And um, 
Yeah, they're such stunning looking snakes. That golden coloration can't be beat. Yeah, they're just iridescent, hey? Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, there's those common tree snakes up there, but something I've, I've seen recently over here living in Cairns, I've seen northern tree snakes, and they're another level again. They're just calagastra. They're beautiful. They're so much sleeker, faster. They're just amazing um and i've been able to see a couple of them while working in the bush out here so oh we could i highly rate the tree snakes but especially those northern tree snakes yeah yeah they're one of those animals that i think um i think they need some more work in captivity just yeah. to to really nut them out and especially the variety and that i know there's a few guys that have done it in the past but they're one of those ones that's so inconsistent some nice blue ones sort of floating around but, um, yeah. Expensive, yeah. aren't they? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> $1,200 or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's great, great animal, though. Yeah, cool animals. Um, I was at Tyson's place not too long ago and just seeing his, his tree snakes and his like bioactive vivariums all curled up in the branches and stuff, sitting under the UV, just That's basking. Awesome. I was like, yeah, especially when they're done justice like that, you know, like it's yeah, yeah, there's no point having that in a rack. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. So all right. we had like that night. I knew uh, the next morning we'd planned to go for Mitchell's water monitors and um, uh, Primordius. As well, I think. We tried Mertens, to hit. Yeah. Merton's, Mitchell's, Scalaris and Primordius. We were hoping for those four in that morning before driving to Kakadu. Yeah. So I think... We went, to, we went to bed about five. We were up an hour and a half, two hours later. Um, Mitchell's was the first one we were looking for, and I just happened to get really lucky. One shot right under, like, it was a couple of metres to my right and ran under a rock, and it happened to run under the rock that I was standing on, and it, it just stayed there. It was incredible. Oh, wow. That was cool, yeah. Yeah. That took all of five minutes, hard work. <laughs> didn't even feel like we deserved it. It was like, oh, surely we just go and try and find another one, put some more time into it both. Oh, yeah. no, I've got more to do. Was this at that kind of like really well-known spot that, yeah, you know, they're yeah. known for? Yeah. 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 We, we spent yeah. a bit of time there on our first day and we got skunked by them and Scolaris. We saw the Scolaris on the walk down there. So yeah. within five minutes we had both of them pretty much. We'd seen both, yeah. Wow. Because um, you got quite a few Scolaris as well, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. In Kakadu and Kakadu. We, Kakadu. Uh, ah, okay. yeah. <laughs> Did you guys end up getting a frilly in um in that same area? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got a few frillies. Um, don't think we photographed any though. Hey, we no. we planned to do that later yeah. down the track, but just didn't yeah. didn't end up getting to. to we that. were sort of just yeah. waiting for you know the the right sort of just bright red. Yeah. It's a real sort of stunning specimen because, um, yeah, obviously they're pretty common in their range. Um, we didn't see as many as I thought we would, though. We, you know, maybe got four or five throughout the trip, but, um, yeah, none that really sort of stood out. So, yeah, stood it probably... better. It's better than us there. I got a zero. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Think... Oh, actually, we, we Tyson saw one jump out of the tree and we started chasing that. Yeah. I think we, yeah, four or five frillies and then over two mornings dedicated just for looking for Scolaris in those two mornings, probably 20, yeah. It was crap, oh, yeah, they're pest yeah. species. 
they just picked a, <laughs> we picked, picked a, like a five kilometer section of road and they would, you know, we were just looping that and they were just there yeah, everywhere. Mm-hmm. So good to see. Wow. Yeah. That's good. Good when you do see numbers of animals like that too, especially with the toads and stuff up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it is. Yeah. Did you come across many toads up there? A few, but not, yeah, not crazy numbers. I mean, obviously, yeah, yeah. They're, they're around and you see a lot of them, but nothing that was like, okay, this is, like, really out of hand. It was, yeah, obviously yeah. shit to see so many of them, but, um, yeah. It, it's not like when you drive through Queensland, though. No. Yeah, completely yeah. different. Yeah. yeah. They're, yeah. In, they're in big numbers up here, so yeah. it's a shame. <laughs> And yeah, some we, big we, ones too, some very fat toads. We came through some pretty decent toads in Kakadu. Yeah. So that was your next stop, essentially, or, or you yeah. were finding the Scalaris in, in... Was that in Kakadu that you were finding? We saw, so yeah. we saw the Scalaris, yeah, at um sort of similar spot where we got the um the Mitchells and then, yeah, we went for the Primordius. That was cool. Um, tried a couple of spots and... Yeah, checked out a couple of sites um, to sort of find some records and um, sort of narrowed it in and, yeah, did a you know, bit of walking around within half an hour. You know, we just, yeah, narrowed it in and managed to get some photos of that. And then Luke, yeah, Luke was just sort of down the road, so he sort of um, came over um, and, yeah, got a couple of photos and, yeah, then we sort of hightailed it out to, to Kakadu. Oh, wicked. Yeah. Did you end up? Did you end up finding much out at Kakadu? Uh, not not a crazy amount. Again, like Reed said, like we got a lot of Scolaris. Um, yeah. But, yeah, again, that was sort of when we sort of, you know, focused on the OPs and really de- dedicated a lot of time to them. So, yeah. you know, during the days we'd sort of not do too much and, yeah, you know, in the mornings before it got too hot, we'd look for the frillies and Scolaris and whatever else we could find and went on a couple of little walks and then um, – you know, just sort of beat the heat out of the visitor centre, and yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Then we went to the um, what's that crocodile shaped hotel there, whatever they call it. Oh, I know the one you're talking. Yeah. about. Yeah, so we yeah we'd go there for a, a drink and a feed beforehand, and I we went to the golf the golf course for one day for lunch. <laughs> yeah. That was really an experience. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which, which golf course was that at? Just in Kakadu. Oh, Jab- oh Jabiru, sorry, Jabiru. In Jabiru. Yeah. 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 yeah, okay, that was the same one that I would have gone to probably, I'd assume. Yeah. Got on a couple of the EMU exports and then back out for the night. Yeah. Yeah. And then we just sort of slog it out every night and, um, yeah, that, the, yeah, the, the place where, where those OPs are, just that habitat is next level. I sort of, yeah. you know, read about it and you see videos and, you know, bits and pieces and, but yeah, to see it in the flesh, that was really special. So, and you, and you saw that habitat during the day as well, didn't you? Yeah, we did. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I think a lot of people go there at night, and it's amazing at night. But being able to see it, you know, in the day, in kind of like you know where you can get up on top of there and actually see like for quite a while, like it is so dense. Those those rocky escarpments are just so full on, and there's so many vines and stuff that are just flying around in there. It's you know, you look around anywhere and you can think there's snakes everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's the one place I'd love to go. Up to Kakadu. Yeah, the yeah. formations of, of the rocks. Um, 
was interesting for me. I know I have quite a few photos on my phone of, of just rocks sitting on rocks with various roots coming out of them, you know, crazy looking shapes and stuff. Uh, yeah. It's, it's a whole nother planet up there, really. Yeah. Then we got a Jamato as well. We got a few different geckos and some, you know, some of the smaller pythons and, yeah. um, yeah, we managed that Western, the giant cave geckos out there. Um, the Jamata, luckily said, uh, children's pythons, uh, got a few Owen Pally looking children's pythons. Oh, lucky you. (laughs) We got an Owen Pally looking, um, tree snake. That was, Oh yeah, yeah. That oh, that night that was the night that um we had um yeah Luke came up with a couple of his mates um and yeah we sort of went looking and we all sort of branched off and um, we sort of had this uh, I don't know call that we would do when we found we was like yeah we're all keen to do it um you know to find one and if we saw one we sort of stay with it and um sort of shout out to the rest of the group and um you know two or three hours in everyone's you know getting almost tired already um and then i was just sort of walking the path and look up and um yeah there was this long slender sort of light creamish belly looking snake just sitting up in the tree above me and like oh i i got so excited because <laughs> the amount of vines that you go past and branches yeah. that you think oh shit is that one is that one you just yeah you don't yeah. stop thinking about it as well it's on your mind and then yeah i just saw and i knew it was a snake and i sort of just crossed off all the other species it could have been and thought nah not a children's python and, you know not a not a tree snake it's you know too thick too long wrong color and um so i sort of alerted everyone else and they all just came like i don't know <laughs> yeah like i'd I had a million dollars sitting there for them. They're all so excited and um, pointed up at the snake and everyone's like, oh, my God, yeah, fuck, that might be it. We, we may have just cracked this. And Luke came over and obviously he's put in the time before and, and seen it. Obviously he'd seen it the week before with you. So, you know, he knew what he was talking about and, you know, he got a bit excited and then we were like, oh, my God, we've actually done it. We sort of started celebrating and he sort of climbed up to a position and, you know, was just trying to get a better look at it. And um, I just was looking at his face, and his face just dropped. And it's like, it's a tree snake. <laughs> it's like the biggest, most well-fed, Owen Pelly-looking tree snake I've ever seen. Ever seen photos of. And oh man, that was that was the worst feeling. It went from feeling like incredible yeah. to just like, oh god. But um, oh well, we had the feeling that we found one, but I didn't actually see it. Oh, that would have been heartbreaking too, especially yeah, after yeah, all that adrenaline's sure. flowing through you. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well. I was I was a very long way away, and I heard that specific call, and I was like, "Wow!" <laughs> like, it, we took me, we, it took we me we ages made... to get there, and they had found out by the time I got there that it was a tree snake. So oh, I didn't <laughs> I didn't even get a hint of excitement. It was just a letdown as soon as I got there. Let down as soon as you get there. <laughs> oh, that's worse. Way worse. Yeah. <laughs> But oh man! I think other than that, we we did you know a morning at a particular swimming hole, uh, looking mm-hmm. for mertens. Got them pretty easily. I managed to see uh, greater black whip snake shoot across the water as well. I'd seen a couple of those on the drive into Cactu, but yeah. very pretty cool snakes. Very common up there, it seems. I saw quite a yeah. few. Um, but yeah, that was that was the majority of what we got. Eh? A few mm-hmm. skinks thrown in. 
Yeah. Lots of frogs and things yeah. like that, but. Yeah, I was going to say, I was looking at the list going, you're not even mentioning frogs on this. This is just strictly yeah. reptiles. Yeah. I keep saying, I keep saying, like, I really want to get into frogs and all that. Yeah. But I just, like, we made note as soon as I see a reptile, it's just overweighed. Yeah. 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 yeah fair enough. Frogs aren't for everyone, I suppose. But. Yeah. They're definitely growing on me, though. Like, and yeah, even those little skinks, like, even just trying to ID them and just the sheer amount of some of those. The mm. genus is just crazy, like, yeah. That's and then, so you know, amazing. taking a, a phone pic and, and thinking, oh, yes, wait, I'll just send it to someone to ID it if we can't do it. And then, you know, oh, we didn't get a photo of that one scale above the, the eye and, you know, it's just, oh, well, then we can't ID it. So mm. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a bit frustrating. Such minute differences. Yeah. That's one thing I've really gotten into like i when i first started herping i was all about you know big reptiles rare reptiles cool colored reptiles but in recent in the last year i'd say little brown skinks are really getting my attention uh things like laristas (laughs) i just never thought i'd be into them but you know laristas to notice even up here in far north queensland we've got so many beautiful carlia species Mm. these rainbow skinks running around and there's so many different species that just they're cracking and they really get my attention and I really rate them all now. Those little brown skinks. <laughs> it sounds so much like Luke. <laughs> like when we were on this trip, he's like stopping for every little skink, and I'm like, I can't even see the thing. It's sitting on a leaf that's like double its size. Like, yeah, and he, he's just like, oh, these would be the best animals in captivity. Just doing a mad big setup with this and like. Half a dozen Kalia in the tank or whatever. <laughs> like, yeah, he, he was really getting into them. Hey, <laughs> some of the small skinks don't really get their notoriety. No, like, they're not all just the little stuff, brown especially skinks. The bigger stuff. Mm. No, yeah, yeah. exactly. It's some amazing colours on some of them, even if it must be like yeah. subtle or something. Or you know, you have to catch them the in close. Yeah, yeah. Some of them I are think, gorgeous. I think fossorial skinks are really growing on me. Uh, out of out of them all, I don't know why, but mm. there's just something about them that is just so cool. Uh, just their body shape as well; it's just different to everything else. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and look, it's good to be into skinks because there's there's a bucket load of them, and yeah. anywhere you yeah. go, there's oh, you know probably plenty of different species. Yeah, but uh, do you, do you feel like it's one of those things that like as you've progressed through, you kind of like herping and that for a bit, you kind of start getting attracted into those little tiny weird things a little bit further. That's where I see a lot of people kind of going when they go down this rabbit hole. But I said to Ollie, like I I feel like I'm maturing because I am enjoying brown skin. <laughs> yeah. It's like a bit of a running joke, isn't it, in the herp world? If you you know when once you everyone loves finding these big reptiles, but once you start maturing, the brown skinks grow on you. So that's, I think that's what's that's happening to me. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Oh, there you go. I'm, I'm definitely in my juvenile stage there. Yeah. So, I mean, that's <laughs> some people never grow out of that. Not that that's a bad thing at all. Like, yeah, I mean, I'm still definitely, they're still in the, in the process of growing on me. Um, but yeah, they're definitely cool. They're just so much variety. That's the thing. So yeah, definitely. And they're bold. Like little skinks are generally pretty bold. That's what I found with especially a lot of the Kalia and that that we were looking at. Like they'd come back out on the rock and sit to you and look, like kind of look at you and do like the weird little tail wags yeah. and 
all sorts of behaviors and i don't know whose instagram it was it might have been ricky's that you know some stories he puts up where you know he's out there working like and hand it's just feet, yeah, hand feeding him little flies and stuff that jump right on his arm and you know they just take it straight from his fingers that's pretty cool so yeah, yeah definitely yeah. got some personality yeah oh, wicked animals so after that you pretty much was that kind of like the wrap-up of your trip you kind of finished up at at kakadu and then yeah, we just sort of, you know, had, uh, I think it was like four or five nights there and, um, yeah, you know, we tried our best and um, put a lot of hours in. Um, yeah, just crazy amount of hours. But, um, you know, people go up there year after year and come out empty-handed. So, you know, we were just keen after, yeah. you know, we thought, oh, Luke's got one after 15 minutes, we'll get one after three. So we thought we'd try and one up here, but, <laughs> yeah, that was never going to happen. Um, but you know, yeah, we um, headed back out to Darwin, and um, yeah, I flew back to Sydney from Darwin, and yeah, Reed and the others sort yep. of just slowly headed back. Yeah, did you hope on the way back, or did you kind of just we, yeah, we just sort of high it, yeah, 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 fair enough. It's funny because you kind of get to a stage where you're almost a bit just burnt out, you're kind of like, okay, yeah, you would mm. just want to. Kind of want to hit home. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's the mixture between the heat and you know sleeping one to three hours a night for two weeks in a row, and um, you know being hyped up on caffeine and you know energy drinks and stuff, and yeah, I definitely like yeah. You put it all in for the two weeks, but then by the end of it, you're like, all right, you just crash. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, we didn't even herp out last night pretty much. Like, I think we just spent a bit too much time at the pub and it already got dark on us and we were like, okay, well, let's just go go camp where we were the night before or whatever and pretty much had an early night to bed and actually had, like, I think six hours sleep that night or something, which was... Luxury. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty welcome. But, I mean, you know, we came off the back of finding the OP the night before, so we're kind of like, well, oh, we're all spent. Like, yeah, that was going to top it. Yeah, yeah. That, was, that was dumb. Awesome. But, yeah, we, we were lucky. Very lucky. Oh, what a trip, eh? Yeah. yeah. That makes me, every time I hear people like chatting about herping, it just makes me want to go so bad. It makes me want to go up to Cairns. Yeah. Do it. You're welcome to come up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that's my, my next place. I it's, I'm lucky up like here. It's, um, you know, even the, the winter up here, it still reaches pretty reasonable daytime temperatures. And it's, you know, you're still finding plenty of reptiles during the days. Um, yeah. And then, like I said before, the nights aren't dropping too low either, so they can still be okay yeah, as well. I've seen a few people still finding green. green yeah, yeah, green. a season for us. Yeah. Even just a juvenile, I was like, I think Jesse just um, came back and he's, I got three, he got three juveniles and, you know, obviously some adults and stuff and, yeah, yeah. crazy. Huh. Yeah. I mean, that's one place I would definitely yeah. want to go to. So, yeah, that's on the cards for sure. Yeah, yeah. I think I think my next kind of dream trip will will be. I'll, I'd love to go and do the rainforest, but I think I'm getting drawn towards WA, going over towards like the Pilbara and going north from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd love to do that too. I think um, we've got a few trips planned. I've got. I'm going to do the Cape in um, or Iron Range for five days uh, in a couple of months' time, just around August. Yep. Then oh, we've got the Barclay, Lawn Hill, but mainly on the Barclay in uh, October for a bit. But then WA also piques my interest. We're yeah. going to do 
a big one next year um, planned around rough scale pythons. Uh, I'd love to go up to the, the Mitchell Plateau and and then we'll drop down into the, the Pilbara Karangini a bit and come back across the Barkley. Oh, that'd be fucking sick. Yeah, awesome. Mm. <laughs> yeah. That's a good yeah. one. Yeah, it'll be great. I haven't done the Pilbara, so it's, you know, that's the exciting thing about habitats you haven't been to. You know, everything you see is going to be you know, mostly new. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that makes me jealous. That makes me very jealous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That one in particular, like Rothgowes, Tick, Pilbara, Tick, Back Through mm. the Barkley, Tick. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's a big one. Um, but uh, we're both very keen for that. Mm-hmm. And then I think we're keen on doing another sort of Central Oz, sort of, yeah. yeah, sort of further southwestern Australia. So based around, uh, yeah, do Uluru for a bit. We didn't spend too much time in Uluru. Um mm did Alice Springs instead, but I'd love to plan a trip around Temporalis, that new type end out there in yeah. Western yeah. or Eastern <laughs> WA, but uh, spend a week looking for that and a week in Uluru. So uh, yeah, that's another one we got planned. And then I think early 2024, we'll do um, just a full Pilbara trip, just gunning over the Pilbara, spend time there, maybe head to, the southern parts of WA, like Murchison region, Goldfields, and, and come back across. Oh, we, can, well, we could plan yeah. trips out to 2100 and we still wouldn't cover half the bloody country. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing, right? Like, there's so much to see out there. And as soon as you go to one place and you, you're like, you, you, you go there thinking you're going to, you know, potentially tick it all off. But, like, I could yeah. keep going back to just the Northern Territory for the rest of my life and I still wouldn't see everything mm. you know like you're not going to cover it yeah uh, beautiful habitats well something something that you i kind of thought that we might touch on is because you guys were kind of mentioning that you might have a couple of other herp stories like quicker herp stories or whatever about um some of your other trips it sounded like you had a few interesting tales to potentially mention i know was it was it the alice springs trip that you were talking about with the, the, the bread line? yeah the bread line? Yeah, yeah that was a cool trip How's it going? You did touch on that one, Ollie. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, so I think Reed, he was living in Brisbane at that stage, and um, he drove out to to Uluru. I mean, you did, yeah, part of that trip. You went to Lawn Hill and stuff, didn't you? Yeah, beforehand, touched in Lawn Hill, and then drove. I think had a fifteen-hour day. Drove all the way to Alice that night. Spent one night in Alice um, in the West Max before picking Ollie up the next day. Managed to find copious amounts of mulgas, western brown, uh, stimmies, cool range of geckos. Um, picked up Ollie in Uluru the next day. And uh, I know Ollie and, my, Ollie and I had a uh, had a list of species for that, and bread light was probably on the top. Yeah, I think, definitely. Yeah. And oh, Ollie guess. had all of one night, and we, I think we found <laughs> it on the second night, didn't we? Yep. Yeah. yeah, that was awesome. That was yeah, it was such a cool spot. I've been out to Alice Springs before for a holiday, but never herping. So um, yeah, yeah, and it was um, yeah, the habitat was just next level, and we um, yeah, did a bit of cruising up the West Max and um, tried out a few of the gorges. They'd had a lot of rain, so some of the main ones were closed, um, so we couldn't even sort of gain access to them. 
Um, so yeah, we just sort of tried our luck elsewhere. Um, like Red said, yeah, we got a, a few um, the other pythons and some of the gorges. There was like all of these uh, Centralian tree frogs and the other one um, was it Roth tree frogs? Like that. Desert desert tree frogs. That's that right. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. And there, oh yeah, the snakes just how they were just like having a feast. It was crazy. Um, and then yeah, we got some of the. Um, uh, those knobtails, that was awesome. We got a few of them. The um, Amye. Yeah. Amye, that's right, yep. Um, those things are little beasts. They're like tanks, so that was cool. Um, then we just got them road cruising, so they yeah, they stood out like a sore thumb, bright red, orange. Um, did did you get to see well. them sprinting? Um, I think once we, you know, let them go do their thing yeah they they definitely move pretty quick yeah i had to like run after the one that i found like it's pretty quick it was going <laughs> yeah, yeah no, we, we saw it most yeah. of the ones we saw i think were just sitting on the road middle of the road um mm-hmm. i did see one after ollie left that was uh yeah, i think he flew back a day or two early and i I managed to see one in a rocky cave, and that one definitely bolted as soon as it saw me. So, sort of bit of that sprinting, it just it just shot over the rocky scree with ease. Again, just like those asper do. Yeah, oh, I think we got the Centralian bandy. Um, yeah, that was cool. Tristus Desert Death Adder. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, with the bread lie, we were. It was I picked up Ollie, and we drove from Uluru to the West Max. It was the heat of the day. I remember we were just, like, looking at habitat and stuff at the time. Uh, it was 42 degrees or something ridiculous. And Ollie found his python and he found it. It was a bread light. He found a dead one. So, um, it was just rotting so, maggots yeah. in it and everything. And Yeah. It was in an area that, like, you'd think not many people would have got to because you had to actually swim to get to this area. Um, and I'm yeah. sure that probably discouraged a lot of people, but we thought, you know, if there's not many people there, there might be more stuff out. So when we found, when Ollie found that red lie, went, I went back there, um, later on that night and I was looking for them all night long and I saw a couple of mulgers again. Um, but it was sunrise. I remember I got lost over there. <laughs> Couldn't actually find my way back. Um, <laughs> so I was waiting for for a bit of light. I was waiting for sunrise because I was like, "There's just yeah, there's no way I'm going to find my way back." And uh, I found sunrise, and it was about five a.m. I was walking back. I was about to enter the water area where I you know, just where I started to swim back to the camp, and I was talking on my GoPro at the time about the night before, and you know, finding that dead bread light and. As I'm talking on the GoPro, a bread light just is next to me on the uh, on the banks of the water, wow. and the stunning, vibrant, you know, the nicest hypo you've seen. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I was talking about them, and, and then all of a sudden, there was one next to me. This one. Oh, so wow. I got a silly sort of girly live reaction. <laughs> <one here. laughs> it's, it's horrible, um, but yeah, pretty cool. Oh, no matter how you react to it, at least it's authentic, you know? Like yeah. That's, yeah. That would have been yeah. sheer excitement. Yeah, that was yeah. awesome. And then he swam back and um, 
yeah, told us that he found it and we, yeah, well, we were so stoked. And it was just such a stunning example of that species. Like, yeah, it was just, wasn't humongous. Like, it wasn't a full adult size. It was probably a few years old, maybe three or four. Yeah. Um, but just the colours, like, it's just bright orange, red. Um, yeah, nice, healthy snake. And yeah, well, it was, that was pretty cool. Exactly. And just the, the habitat. Color. Yeah, as the as the, as the rocky gorges and yeah, the escarpments up above yeah. it just yeah, just blended straight in. Um, and we were pretty we were pretty happy with that one. I know that that's a, a, a bit of a difficult snake for people to yeah. to find. Uh, mm-hmm. I know people have taken numerous trips and, and failed. So, I mean, Ollie got that on the first night pretty much. So he's 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 lucky. Mm. Yeah, that was that was good. I was not complaining about that. Mm. Not a bad start to your pythons, <laughs> no. to off the pythons. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I have a few more interesting herp stories that I was just thinking of before coming yeah. on. Uh, Yakka skink was was a was a crazy one for me. I was specifically looking for them in the Brigalow uh, when I was living in Brisbane. I drove out. I know that there's uh, a cheat spot at sort of Glen Morgan and. I'd seen them there, but I wanted to find them somewhere else. You know, I just wanted to find habitat and, and see one because uh, I get more satisfaction out of that. And I was west of St. George just driving down various sandy roads and stuff and stopped to open a gate and basically a lizard shot out of the bush and like ran under the car and then out the other side of the car, and they just sat on the other side of the car, uh, uh, you know, against a fence. And, of course, of all lizards, it happened to be this, you know, endangered, hard-to-find yakaskin. <laughs> Beautiful condition. <laughs> and I, I couldn't believe it was, yeah, it was just, I, I didn't really see anything else. It was just that lizard, and that's all I was looking for, though. So it was a nice, easy tick. Damn, that's unreal. What are the odds? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Shame you couldn't pull it off with the. Uh, um, oh, mm, I know, but again, like we said, just just another reason to go back up there, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. I don't, I don't mind seeing country. those escarpments. So yeah, yeah. Um, there's so many more species to find as well, other than the op. So yeah, yeah. 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 People focus on the op, but you know, all right, yeah. There's a lot more other cool stuff up there as well, like Gillens. and it's good. There's a lot more people are coming across them. Too, so it's kind of good to see that they're kind of the numbers are there. Yeah, well. we so, we'd yeah, seen sort of some like, people. I don't know if that season or yeah, season before, you know, coming across them just road cruising and you know seeing yeah. some juveniles rather than you know getting some of the big massive snakes. Um, so yeah, I mean, I guess with that habitat, it's so sort of impenetrable that no one really knows what their numbers are. Exactly. Sure, they're in a pretty specific habitat. Um, again, how big that habitat is and how many there are it's just yeah it's a bit unknown just yeah. the inaccessibility of it is that just sort of adds to the mistake i guess and yeah um, yeah but it's good too like it's only kind of been the last few years that a lot like a lot of people have come across them compared to say you know like five six years ago people would go to heaven and just come up with nothing yeah but the last few years, like more people have got up there, more people have found them, so it means the numbers are pretty good, which is good to hear. So, yeah, yeah, it'd be it'd be interesting to like. I, I, it's one of those things that you just wish you could know, you know. 
Yeah, but, 100%. You know, like, that area is so vast up there, too. You like, could go on a 10-minute walk and have walked past 10 of them easily, but they're just, like, 50 metres down a crack or something like that. Yeah. yeah. yeah that's yeah. right. No hope or not. Yeah. They're cool animals. Do you guys have any um, interesting herp stories at all? Wow, well, I mean, finding an Owen Pelly within about two minutes of looking is not half bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. I just had to twist that blade. I'm jealous. I'm jealous about that one. Uh, we'll just try and we have to get two mating or something like that or, you know, mm. who knows, get a few hatches or something like that coming out of the eggs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's going to be yeah, hard to beat that. That was so cool. We were, so ha- we were jealous, but we were so happy for you as well, especially knowing you know, how keen you were on this trip and you already got the, the gillens. Like, that's just... Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, I mean, like, for me, that was definitely my pinnacle on that trip. Like, as cool as Leo and Pelly is, you know, and, and not to take it away from it at all, but, you know, for me to to, to go to the Gillen's Habitat to take a few data points and stuff like that to really kind of feel it, feel my brain cooking inside my head, you know, and, <laughs> you know, I think it was even better to be there with, you know, like a couple of guys that, obviously have a passion in the hobby and stuff and you're kind of bouncing ideas off them mm-hmm. when you're there. Like it, it was one thing to go to to the red center with my wife and kind of be like, Oh, this is where they live. And she's like, yeah, cool. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> that's awesome. But to be there with like Tyson and Tyson's going, I think they're actually trying to get cool. Like, I don't think they need to heat up. Like, you know, like, and he's trying to pick apart why they're, why they're here and what they're doing and where they're found and all this sort of stuff. And I was like, Oh man, like, the ideas that were coming out of Luke and Tyson that were just fueling this fire inside of me was just, that was the pinnacle to me. Not only finding the lizard, but all that other information and the ideas and stuff, that was next level. As far as like other herp stories, I don't know if I've got anything quite as crazy as, um, you know, stumbling across Breadlie or or having a yakka skink run over my toes (laughs) essentially, but um, yeah. Probably one of the coolest things I've ever seen, like as, as far as like just like a behavioural side of things, is I got to actually see a, um, uh, a, a essentially a fight for life between a water dragon and a brown tree snake, which was awesome to kind of watch. And unfortunately, the water dragon eventually lost, and we watched this brown tree snake eat the water dragon and slither off. So yeah. that was a, a really awesome behaviour to be able to see. That actually reminds uh, me, yeah, yeah. in Cairns we met up with um, Colin or Tropical on Instagram. He took us out for the night and, um, yeah, we rode cruising and we just saw this snake sort of, yeah, brown tree snake just sort of slithering across the road and we sort of pulled up and it sort of stopped in its tracks and we sort of had something sort of, you know, hanging out of its mouth and there was this just little Tommy Roundhead still sort of writhing and, you know, must have just caught it before it crossed the road. And um, we sort of, yeah, the car was sort of still going and we all sort of just snuck up and, dropped down to our knees and just watched it and the snake just sort of sat on the road sort of on the white line um and just within five minutes devoured it and then just slid it off because that was pretty cool um that's mental yeah i'd never seen really like you see people you know take photos or videos of of you know say snakes or other reptiles eating other other reptiles which is pretty cool i've never seen it before so to see that i was pretty stoked about that even though it was two very common species yeah, like, you know, you with the water dragon. It's still and, good to see nature be. Yeah, that oh, was awesome. And the snake was just not phased with us. And um, we were lucky that no yeah. cars came the other way or tried to overtake us. So we just sort of had the road to ourselves. But yeah, that was that was pretty cool. Um, just the, the speed at which it got it down. Um, yeah, and the thing was still kicking. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, that's the crazy part, right, is you're watching that venom slowly work on these animals. 
but then when they do want to hoff it back, they can just throw oh, yeah. those things back. Yeah. Oh, go on. I've, um, the start of the year, uh, this is another species I, I put a lot of effort in for, was collet snakes. I was yeah. really, really trying to find one of those, and I knew how difficult they were. Um, I remember I had seven days in January just when I first moved up to Cairns looking for them. I just went straight out to the black soil, didn't see any, um, but found everything else. Like life out there was flourishing and stuff after recent rains. So <clears throat> I was invited to go back out. I got back and two days later, some other friends of mine were going back out for their you know first time going there. And I was like, yeah, I'll come for a day or two. Went out. Uh, I think I drove, spent the whole night herping, met up with them the next day, spent the morning herping, and then that night we were herping all night long and we found like 20 or 30 snakes, stimmies, children, uh, stimmies, children's, whatever you call them now. Um, <laughs> dirt snakes. Curl snakes, dirt snakes there. <laughs> curl snakes are the dirt snakes out there. Uh, curls, uh, we saw a... Um, a bandy bandy again out there which is pretty unique um but it was 3am and we were going to call it a night and i was driving back and basically the road was just wet all of a sudden for a 10 kilometer section uh and we we're driving slowly through that and uh a whip snake pulled out in the front of the road three in the morning or something ridiculous like that one of those crack soil whip snakes and uh, I, I looked to Martin, who was next to me in the car at the time, and was getting excited, like, you know, a diurnal snake out at night like this, you know, thinking, you know, there's, there's a chance that a collets could be out. And we moved this whip snake off the road because we'd seen a, a few already. And as we released it, had our head torches on, um, looking down, it slithers off. Uh, I raised my head and my torch is shining on a collet snake. <laughs> It was like 15 metres wow. off to the side of the road. So it would have cro- it would have crossed the road just like a minute or two before that whip snake as we came around the corner. Yeah. And if that Rimacola wasn't on the road, we wouldn't have stopped and we would never have known that that Colette's was, you know, just there. Oh, wow. So, it's unreal. <laughs> it's it like was, it's supposed to be. Yeah, it was crazy timing. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I just remember that moment looking up, torch shining on it. You could just tell, like, this vibrant, pinky orange. And we were just, we just dropped. Like, <laughs> it was a crazy time. Oh, they're a stunning snake. Mm, they're beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, we got, a, behave we got a good example. Um, I was fired up. Uh, hooded up a few times. Uh, bit of attitude, but I think that just, uh, it, it's all part of the experience, really. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome, though. So, yeah, we that's... managed to see that guy. And that was, yeah, that was incredible. Uh, I didn't have to spend too much time looking for it in total. You know, I've been out to the Black Soil, I think, a total of 12 days looking for them <laughs> over a couple of trips. So, not too much time, which is good. Mm. Yeah. Oh, awesome. The odds of that, though, again. Yeah. yeah. Just yeah. is everything. That's the thing with this. It's like, you can put in all the work, you can do all the research and talk to all the right people and go to the right habitat at yeah, the exactly. right time, but you may come up with nothing or, you know, 
It's just the luck of the game. So, mm. and you could go out in the worst yeah. conditions and just clean and up all yeah. that and, and find yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. I was, yeah. I was looking. I was out at Windora, uh, looking for inland taipans, and uh, it's a it's a difficult place to to find taipans in Queensland. A, a bit harder than I think South Australia. Uh, we had found one with some friends the night before, but the next day was shocking. And uh, a mate I was with, we both wanted to go to the same area and see if we could photograph this same snake in a crack because we're like, it's it's freezing cold, windy as. So we basically parked the car and walked on this plane of like just cracks for as far as you could see, trying to figure out, you know, where the snake was last night. And... And as I yelled out to to my friend, uh, you know, this is where it was, I remember he dropped his Coke bottle and I was looking up at him and he's like frozen and he's staring out and there's a massive, like huge snake. I could see what he was looking at. As we got closer to it, it was two, two snakes. You could see it was two snakes and they were a pair of inlands mating. Um, wow. So that was an experience. And again, we, we sat there for... 10 minutes I think just watching these snakes they were mating they, they'd split apart and he would chase her down and they'd join back again mate for a little longer split apart hissing the whole time biting it was something else wow that's that sort of stuff that that's you just awesome. like not many people tell those sorts of stories you know or, or have the opportunity yeah. to tell those sorts mm. of stories because they don't come across that sort of stuff that was a cool so, thing about it yeah i think it was the first time that people had ever observed that main behavior of is that right reed the first time yeah, in, it, yeah. in the wild yeah in captivity seen yeah, a few times obviously but, but yeah in, yeah. The, in the wild so I did a bit of a yeah bit of a tv story for it <laughs> yeah it was that's awesome it was fun. We've got plenty of cool footage um, from that experience. I need to, I need to share that. I think, I think Ollie and I have uh, joined forces, and we're going to film a lot more of, of these trips that we go on. And in spite of it, you know, we're watching all everyone else start doing the same thing. Uh, it's awesome yeah. to see, though. We yeah, got a few so. clips from this uh, this last trip. We actually got a whole. Um, you know, artwork made up for our, I guess, potential YouTube channel and stuff. And mm-hmm. um, we just haven't put that out yet. But yeah, definitely future trips. We're going to try and um, just get a bit of, of footage and, you know, habitat and, yeah, you know, I guess, just sort of more, I guess, observations of the animals just doing what they do um, mm. in the wild and them going about their business and, you know, maybe sharing, you know, the temperature and we bring a UVB reader, you know, what the UVB rating is and, you know, all sorts of things, just stuff that I guess people I think are being a lot more conscious of bringing natural habitats into, you know, their, their keeping um, at home. So being able to take any data, cause I mean, really there's so little data out there. Even say for species like a central bearded dragon, like who knows how much UVB they need, you know, mm. people put, yeah, 14% UVB for 12 hours a day, seven days a week. But, you know, just stuff like that, any little bit of information that, you know, might come across that's kind of cool and people might, you know, utilise and, yeah, just doing their thing, I guess. I think people love love to see 
animals moving around in the wild, just doing their thing. And I yeah. think that's that's just what Definitely. we want to do. We we see plenty of plenty of interesting species, and I know there's probably a, a great audience that would love to see similar stuff. So that's, watch this yeah. space. <laughs> yeah, watch this space exactly. I don't think there's enough people in that sort of niche, you know. Definitely. That's one thing yeah. that, you know, you, you see guys like Ricky Mack and, you know, um, uh, Josh and... Josh and Green. Yeah. Mark, yeah. Mark Green. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ty Gould know. and Michael. Yeah. Yep. 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 And like, Kieran, that's Kieran's doing even, some great stuff. Getting his yeah. Yeah. started up. Yeah. Yeah. But Ricky's kind of hasn't posted much in a while, obviously. But um, no, he's had some life changes that he's yeah. kind of getting back around with. But um, yeah, there's uh, yeah, I mean, there's plenty of people that could fill that niche. You know, Steve Tucky and and his cousin Kyle as well. They were mm. a good couple to watch from a little while ago. Yeah. Um, even you, yeah. even you, Luke. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to throw my name in that mix. But, yeah, in, in saying that, I think there's plenty of people to – sorry, there's plenty of space for more of that sort of stuff to be there for the reasons that you're saying too, like that natural habitat yep, sort of stuff. Sure. Like, yep. That's half the reason that I'm doing – or did the film that I did was because that's something for me to watch back, to remember all that sort of stuff and go, oh, that's yeah. right, that's where we were, this is the kind of, you know, temps and stuff we were feeling and all this sort of stuff. Like it's – that's important data and – you got to remember too, like not everybody can get out there and do this sort of stuff. So if you're That's able to exactly bring this right. sort of stuff to them and give them information, especially if you are doing things like UVB readings constantly and temps and, you know, heaps of habitat footage, yeah. that's all inspiration for them to make their captive keeping 10 times better. Yeah, that's it. But even coming mm. across some of those more obscure species mm. that you guys yeah. have actually yeah. come across that no one gets to see, you know, you're highlighting these species like some of the skink species that, most people just blow over because yeah. it's a yeah. skink. But, yeah. you know, when you capture it on video, you can see how beautiful they actually are and how entertaining they can be. Like, yep. you know, that could fuel someone else to get into skinks and, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing. So I never would have yeah. given a Carly or a second look until Luke got me excited about them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah even, even just like common species, like, yeah, even just, you know, watching them move around and, just the different habitats that they're in and, you know, what they do throughout the day and, mm. you know, say something like a, a bit of drake. It's actually live on Yeah, sand. or even just, you know, <laughs> within their range, there's so many different habitats, you know. I've seen beauties yeah. in shrubland and I've seen beauties in, you know, pretty much desert and just, you know, all sorts of different things. And uh, even if it's just exactly. for us just to look back on, you know, I'm um, not going to do anything crazy with these videos. Um, so, but yeah, just people, you know, other enthusiasts like us that might get something out of it and, yeah. There's definitely a lot Yeah, there. definitely. Like a lot of enthusiasts that would, like, love that stuff. So. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, if I'm able to lend a hand with anything, let me know. Yeah, I'm awesome. Just no up, wizard with anything, but... Just up the road. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Even if it's just bouncing <laughs> ideas or whatever like that, like... Yeah, I'm happy to help something like that happen. Yeah, cool. I think if everybody's kind of helping each other do that sort of stuff, we can all stand on each other's shoulders and see that sort of stuff thrive in this sort of hobby. And, yeah, I think everyone can appreciate that. Yeah, definitely. That's awesome. So would you guys like to throw out any um, sort of areas where people can can come and follow you and see some of these awesome photos of these critters and stuff you've talked about tonight? Yeah, um, we've both got Instagram. My Instagram is 
I post most of my photos just to that Instagram, uh, FNQ underscore herpetology, Far North Queensland Herpetology. Um, and uh, as we mentioned, we'll uh, be getting a YouTube channel up and running soon. I think Reptiles Down Under is what we're going to call ourselves, so stay tuned for that. Okay. Yeah. Some stuff. Um, and, yeah, my Instagram is um, herpshots. Um, and, yeah, just on Facebook under, yeah, Ollie Newman. But, um, yeah, post most of my photos on Instagram. Awesome. And, um, yeah, we've still got a lot for both of us to go through for this trip. So um, definitely keep an eye out if you want to see some cool species. So I can't wait. You had me. <laughs> well, I had to post that one nice and early just for you. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen them in the wild, Jason? Nope. You nope. need to come up Definitely here. They're, they're pretty easy. Yeah. Them and green tree pythons and cornudus are probably. Mm. Uh, actually, and prickly forest kings. I haven't seen cornudus yet. I haven't been looking for them though either. I just know that yeah. they're pretty much as common as those chameleon geckos. So Yeah. That's that's one trip I, I definitely want to do pretty mm. soon is trying to tick off those couple of things up there. I mean, if I don't get them all in, in one go, you know. Yeah. I'll happily make another trip up there. But, yeah, you can come up. We can hurt together up here. But yeah. For sure. I'll be down for that, definitely. Got to make it happen, Jase. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, You're about due, I think. You've missed out on the yeah. last two of your, your plane trips. You, you just Mate, need to catch up, break. Absolute shocker runs, like, especially with kids and sickness and misses and sickness. Like, oh. Didn't even get away for your weekend snow trip. Nah, my missus was sick again this weekend. Oh, yeah. So, she had, like, pretty much had pneumonia. So. Oh. No, this is the season for you. I can feel it. You'll get out there and you'll smash it out. And... Yeah, I just want to do one trip up north and then I'll be stoked with that. But then obviously I want to try and get like yeah. some of the more southern leaf tail geckos. And That's the like thing that. with up north. Though. It's so species rich that, you know, you can do like a f- yeah. five or seven day trip and you can just tick off so many things and... I'll literally be a kid in a candy yeah. store with everything up there because everything up there is a first for me because I've never been up there. So, But even Luke, when I come across those birds yeah. at yeah. <laughs> that time, like, oh, so you were there yeah, too. Yeah, like, yeah, were, yeah. You? Yeah. were you there yeah. that time? Yeah, I was for often. <laughs> and it was just a bird. It's like, like yeah. Oh, but, you know, so. you never spotted it before, so that's awesome. No, exactly. Exactly. So, Do you, uh, so- do you like your yeah. leaf towels a lot, Jason? Oh, yeah, they're probably my favourite. Them and chameleon geckos. It's a trip. Leaf tail geckos and chameleon geckos. It's so. a trip idea that I had was to, because we've got so many endemic, like, phyllerous species around, Fillers, yeah. um, like, Mackay region in particular, is, yep. and Nicole were up in Townsville. Yep. So I've got a mate and I, we're just going to, he lives in Mackay, lucky, and we've just got a few weekends where just, I'm just going to drive down and just going to target all these species climb up for amnicola that's one thing i want to do is basically do like a i've got like a couple of the like the luke i I mean um todd were planning the trip but i couldn't make it unfortunately (laughs) yeah i saw like the ones in new south wales (laughs) i think i watched um, that one yeah yeah then i want to try and go into queensland and do do like that similar region like make like a week or so Mm. of it and try and tackle whatever i can but um that's definitely one thing i want to do beautiful just got to get out <laughs> good stuff alrighty guys so we'd like to say a massive thanks to Eric and Owen and the rest of the MPR crew for having us if you'd like to contact them it's best to find them at moreliapythonradio.com and email them at info at moreliapythonradio.com 
Make sure to follow the NPR Network on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. As far as contacting us on our social media platforms, you can email us at australianhopeticulture at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram as well. Make sure to check out our Teespring store for podcast merch. The link is on the Facebook page. To see more of what Jason is doing, make sure to follow him on Facebook and Instagram at The Gecko Effect. For myself, you can find me on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Patreon, and Teespring under Beach of Scaly Beasts. We hope to have you back next week for another episode of the Australian Herpticulture Podcast. Good night, everyone. <laughs>